Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Basement Arcade Pause Menu, where we hit pause on that very, very evil level where we just cannot get through and to save our poor controller from destruction. I am your host, Ben Magnet. Unfortunately, I am not joined by my other bros from the Fake Nerd Podcast. They have all that other stuff to do today, but I am not alone. Joining me today is an awesome podcaster himself. He is one half of the Retro Blast Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Patrick Brickhouse. How are you, sir? Hello, Ben. I'm doing well, and yourself? I am. I'm doing awesome. I'm. I can't believe we're actually doing this. I'm looking forward know, to it. I, I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago, or actually about a month and a half ago. And I'm like, nice. damn, this is really cool. I want to have these guys on. And the next awesome. thing I know, it's like, and then I get the notifications, like, hey, Retro Blast Podcast followed you on Twitter. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, we we're all about uh, we. A lot of people on Twitter, you know, will be like, hey, let's let's collab, let's do a collaboration. Mm-hmm. People are like, cool, let's do it. But I, I like to do it, actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> ask, I'm like, let's do it. Let's talk about it. I just like talking about games. So oh, yeah. dude, so do I. Me, um, so. I cannot tell you um how many times I'm looking through my my Twitter feed, which is like now it's 99% retro video game nerds, yeah. not just here in the United States, but all over the world. It's like oh, yeah. I want I want to collab with this guy, I want to collab with this girl, I want to collab yeah. with this person, and it's like, yeah. oh wait, time zones, time zones are a thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they are. And it's it, it's great, though, because the community is so awesome. I mean, like every oh, yeah. most people that I've interacted with in the retro community, mm-hmm. super welcoming and super nice. And they definitely, you know, like to, uh, you know, just talk about this stuff because we're very passionate about it. It's a lot different than a lot of the modern stuff you see now with a lot of those. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, not everybody's the same, but the retro community is pretty chill. Oh, yeah. They, they are like to me, they're like the chillest. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so before we actually get into the episode, now the topic of today's episode is video game anniversaries. This year, 2021, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of video game anniversaries coming out. The Legend of Zelda has a 35th anniversary, Metroid has mm-hmm. a 35th, Pokemon has a 25th. My personal yeah. favorite Sonic the Hedgehog has his 30th. And yep. Mario, and as we're recording this, Mario's public execution has not happened yet. <laughs> I know, I know. It's I, I just recently heard <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I saw the I saw the joke. But I mean, I'm, even though Mario's was technically last year, I figure we'll throw him in because, you know, close enough. Yeah. But before close we enough. yeah, before we start just like talking and ranting about that, I want to talk to you about your podcast first, because you are, sure. like I said earlier, you're one half of the Retro Blast podcast. And right. I'm curious, how did that podcast start with you and your partner, Jay? <sighs> so that's a good question. Um, we so Jay, Jay and I and he's my usual co-host. We've had an episode with with another guy named Mike who we we brought on because he was uh, a little bit older than us and he was super into doom and he grew up with like the, you know, (laughs) stuff. So we might have him back on soon, but I actually have known each other since we were relatively young and um, we grew up in one of the best times for, for games. You know, we were, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we grew up, we were nineties kids and we were born in the, you know, early to mid eighties. Oh, lucky. I was born in nineties. So I barely made the cover. Yeah, we we were those '90s kids, you know, with the backwards hats and the skateboards and saying "rad" and stuff like that was us, you know. Not we didn't say "rad" that much, but we were playing these games, you know, uh, in the '90s, and uh, you know, we we hung out together when you know we started getting into like junior high and high school. We go to each other's houses and play. Uh, he got a Dreamcast when it first launched, and we were, you know, there for that, and we we played that in 1999, and we're blown away by it. Um, you know, we just grew up with that stuff together. And then a few years ago, we tried the whole YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we really gave it a good try, but YouTube, YouTube can be tough. I'm sure you probably 
this, but like, it's very tough to break into that. You have to dedicate yourself pretty hardcore to it. And oh, yeah. we, I mean, we, we tried a lot. We had an issue where um, we had some stuff happen with, uh, you know, Google AdSense and stuff like that, where we had people uh, clicking link or clicking advertisements too much and we get notifications and it was all this mess ended up having to restart the channel. Uh, we were called Ono oh Robo. <laughs> yeah. And so we had, and our stuff's still up, you know, um, but we, we kind of just abandoned it. And then we got to a point a few years later where I, I reached out to him and I said, you know, man, like we talk all the time about this stuff. We talk about our favorite games. We, we, we do this with our friends and um, you know, we're very passionate about it. I was like, what about a podcast? Why don't we just try it this way? Because I love listening to podcasts. I, I had like kind of a long commute to work. And so I would like to, you know, and I'm, I love radio. Radio is very calming for me mm-hmm. and I'm driving and, you, you know, listening to audiobooks and stuff and just having that, you know, especially about topics that you care about. And so I was like, you know, why don't we just do that? Why don't we just try again, do something different and we'll just put it out there and we'll just talk like we normally do and see if people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they do doesn't matter because we need that kind of creative outlet. I especially needed a creative outlet. Oh yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. So it, it kind of was born from just the love of it. I mean, we, we never set out to do this to, you know, we're not trying to like make it big or anything. We just really want to talk about this stuff and we want to interact with other people that do it. So that's where we, that's kind of where it came from. It's literally just, I texted him and said, do you want to try doing a podcast? And he was on board immediately. He loves talking about this stuff too. And we have such different viewpoints mm-hmm. um, and different, you know, uh, we're very different. Yeah. I mean, just in general, but the way we, the games that we like and the things that we enjoy, it's, we, we end up having really uh, great conversations. That's, so awesome. that's, that's where it came from. That's awesome. Cause the one of the things I love about your show is because for this one, it's pretty much like open season on anything, retro games, current games, sure. you name it. I want to talk about it in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Whereas for your show, it is one specific game. Yes. It is a specific game. And you guys go on that for about an hour, sometimes hour and a half. I want to say your Metroid Prime episode was an hour 20. I'm not- yeah. Sometimes we push past that. We, we're, we're trying to whittle them down. We just, just keep talking, you know. Yeah. Oh, the they're my the main show, Fake Nerd Podcast. We started doing like an hour, then an hour and a half. Now, since both yeah. since quarantine happened, and we're we can't really see each other all that much. Yeah. Uh, our shows now range like three and a half to four hours long sometimes. It, oh my it, gosh! Yeah, and that's it gets. It, <laughs> I do all the editing, mm-hmm. and um, I can tell you it, it's. I used to watch a lot of uh, DVDs back in the day when they had like director commentaries and you'd always hear the director be like, I really didn't want to cut this scene. I really didn't want to cut this and that. And I understand how that feels now. Oh yeah. Parts where Jay and I will go on a, a little rant mm-hmm. and stuff and it's really good stuff, but I have to, I have to edit stuff out because it can't be too long. Yeah. Um, you know, and we wouldn't want it to be too long. You know, it's, yeah. I think anywhere from an hour to two, two hours max, but hour, hour and a half is ideal. Yeah. You know, we, we try to do that, but yeah, we end up having to cut a lot. It's not easy to do that. No, we get rid of the good stuff. No, we, we tried doing that. But then after a while, we said, no, because we love doing long podcasts. We love going, doing yeah. super deep dives and talking about this stuff. Right. So we, we just, I mean, you, if you're podcasting, do whatever the heck you want to do. It's your show. Do what you want. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, uh, I had, I was going on that thing and I totally forgot. Damn. <laughs> But yeah, so I absolutely love your guys' show. I'm really glad you're able to Thank come you. on this. So now let's get into uh, video game anniversaries. So, yeah. Pat, 
Yeah. Um, we had Mario, Zelda, Metroid, and Pokemon. Sonic is on its Sonic's anniversary is on the way, so we already had four big anniversaries. A lot of heavy hitters. A lot of heavy hitters. Huge giants in the in the retro gaming um, community mm-hmm. or in the in the circuit. But I want to first go into Mario's 35th anniversary, and the yeah. more because when it first came out, I was really excited about. It. I was like, "Oh heck yeah! What are they gonna do for Mario's 35th?" I yeah. just watched the direct, and after the direct was done, I was like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait! This is gonna be awesome!" And mm-hmm. the more I thought about it. The more yeah. I think is like, you know what? Nintendo kind of dropped the ball for Mario's 35th. Because I remember for the 30th anniversary, they yeah. released Super Mario Maker, which was a right. huge deal. And right. even on the 25th anniversary, yeah, they re-released Super Mario All-Stars for the Nintendo Wii. But they, right. but Nintendo hasn't really done a whole lot. Even with Zelda's 30th anniversary, Zelda, yeah. if I remember right, Zelda didn't have a game announced. It was just the Amiibo, and they completely swept Metroid under the rug. As usual, yeah, as usual. So, yeah. what, so I want to know your thoughts on Mario's 35th anniversary. What are some of the things you liked and some of the things you didn't like? Yeah, I don't. Nintendo. I have a love hate relationship with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and and I say that because I, I was, I've been with Nintendo since my my first gaming experience in my life was on an NES, mm-hmm. um, and I want to say 1987 or 1988. Okay. Very young, mm-hmm. three or four years old. But I had, that was what got me into gaming. I, I was an NES gamer. That's where I started. Nice. nice. So Mario was the first game I ever played. Well, I was actually going to ask you what was the first Mario title you ever played? Super Mario. We had the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo pack. Oh, I got, I got that in my drawer right now. Yep. Yep. And I've got a couple copies of it, you know, and I've got, um, uh, you know, it, it's, that was a great way to get into games. I mean, Duck Hunt, with, you know, playing with the Wii Zapper and all that mm-hmm. stuff. We had a little tiny, you know, 13, 12, 13 inch rabbit ear TV. And, um, but I remember my sister, I have, you know, a couple older sisters and one of them she was like, she's like, Hey, you want to come see, you know, this, this Mario game. And I was, I had never, this is the thing that's, it's hard to explain to people, but I had never experienced anything that was, was like that before, you know, I, I played with toys when I was a kid, but when I saw uh, her holding this little rectangular controller and making this guy jump on the screen and, and hop on turtles, I was completely engrossed. And I remember being like, what? Like my little brain just fried. And so Mario, yeah, I grabbed, you know, I grabbed the controller from her and started playing it and she, you know, would help me play it. And I was just locked in from there. So I literally started my love for gaming with Mario. Some people, a lot of people have, but for me, a very personal thing. It was literally where my love for games just kicked right off. And I was maybe mm-hmm. four years old. Nice. I mean, so don't be, I love Mario. No, don't be fooled. I mean, I love Mario too. I mean, yeah. Audio listeners. I know you can't see, but on my little county here, I have yeah. all my, uh, a bunch of the Mario yeah. Wii games that are not Wii games, the switch games, but, um, yeah. longtime listeners of the Fickner podcasts know that I'm a huge Sonic fan. Sonic was where I yeah. got my start. In- oh, so I love I love Sonic too. I have an oh, interesting yeah. relationship with Sonic as well. We oh, yeah. have to grow up in the best time. Yeah. Know? Because in my opinion, when it comes to retro games, like what we call retro games now, because mm-hmm. of this stuff and being being a kid on the playground when people were arguing about how much cooler Sonic was. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. You know, um having those arguments in 1990, you know, 1992, mm-hmm. three and stuff. But with with Mario, what I will say is I don't feel like 
Nintendo is at a point again where they were when they were on top back in the day before Sega knocking down a peg mm-hmm. in the uh, early 90s. Yeah, and then PlayStation, of course, come afterwards. Right. They're at a point now to where they don't really have to do much. They don't have to do what people want them to do. And they've always marched to the beat of their own drum. They always have. They have never catered, you know, to, to anyone. And they've always done their own thing. And that's worked out for them. Oh, yeah. Well, at least recently. You know, the GameCube, I love the GameCube, but wasn't super successful. Mm-hmm. We do same thing. But they've managed to stay alive and keep this stuff going. And Mario's always been that. Mario's always been, you know, the mascot that they bring out and go like, guess what? We got a new Mario game. Check this out. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody's already ready to go. Okay. Uh, with this, I, you know, they did that Switch release, which I did. I do have a Switch. Um, mm-hmm. Played. Or I bought the uh, the Mario collection that had 64. Yeah, that one. I've got this beautiful. I'm holding up my cop, my physical yeah. copy of Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I mean, I got this yeah. when this was announced. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, I went to GameStop and I put and I paid for this thing in full because I'm a big yep. proponent. I don't know if you are. I'm a huge proponent of uh, physical games. I like having I, my, I like having my games yeah. physical, and I prefer it. Yeah, yeah, I I prefer it too. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times where me switching out the cartridges to play like Mario Kart, mm-hmm. Smash, and right. Super Mario World. It's a, it's annoying, but at the same time, that's what we had to do back in the day. Yeah. So it's that's muscle memory. Yeah, one of the things that really got me mad about that release, and I do agree with a lot of the internet on this one, is that those are just a little control tweaks here and there. They made the graphics crisper, but that was sixty bucks. Whereas you look at something like Crash Bandicoot, the Spiral Reignited trilogy, Mm -hmm. those are forty, and they're completely HD. They are completely remastered. There's online. There's so much more stuff to it. This one only has the soundtracks that you can only listen to while it's the game is bones. Yeah. It's bare bones. Which great games, great yeah. games, but they're not even, <clears throat> I watched a video not long ago about, um, and I can't remember who it was, but it's, he's a popular YouTuber. And uh, he was talking about how, how kind of poor that release is and how they cut a lot of corners and didn't really give us versions that they could have. If they had put even a slight, you know, bit more effort into it. We could have gotten better versions of those games with different you know, control options and all kinds of things, graphics options, you know, upresing. Oh yeah. It really do. Um, there's, and I, I'm fine with it. Cause I can, you know, I can play Mario 64, you know, on the go. That's yeah. great. awesome. But I was pretty disappointed with that. I thought they could have done so much more. Um, you know, they had already kind of, you know, we already had Mario Odyssey. Uh, which is a great game, but, you know, they didn't really have anything in the pipeline to, you know, to really celebrate it. I thought, I thought they kind of dropped the ball as well. Mm-hmm. Could have done so much more. Um, and honestly, they could have put more Mario games in that collection. Only putting oh, yeah. was kind of insane to me. Like, awesome that we got Mario Galaxy, but why not put Mario Galaxy 2 in there? Exactly. And, you know, there, there were so many other things they could have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to make that package more stand out more. And then in the menus and in, in with the extras and everything, they're going to put in a little more effort, you know, and giving us more goodies and stuff like that, that we didn't, that we used to get with these types of collections and stuff back in the day, which we don't really see a lot of that. Now they just, it's kind of bare bones. People are going to buy it. They know that 60 bucks, eh, they'll buy it. No, mm-hmm. and it's true. They will. I bought it. I, yeah, I bought it. I bought it too. I bought it day one because yeah. 
partially because a it was super Mario 3d all-stars and right. gamer confession my friends on on fake nerds know this um but i never played super mario 64 when i owned it in 64 oh, when i got oh. my 64 i didn't want Love it for super game. mario i wanted it for pokemon stadium Gotcha. I went for Pokemon Stadium and for Mario Kart. And when I got my N64, those were like the first few games I got for that system. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into Pokemon later because that is a huge, because that's a, a franchise I literally grew up with since day one. Yeah. yeah. So, but looking back on the Mario 3D collection, because I was like blind, I was like, oh my God, I could finally play Mario 64 and not get an N64 because unfortunately my original console yeah. has been lost to time, which is a story gotcha. for another day. <laughs> I still have my original. I still have my original N64 in box that I got that I pre-ordered from Toys R Us and picked oh. up on the day before launch day because oh. it to me early. Oh. So I still have it, and it's got the marking on the back on the receipt that shows the day before release. Oh, you lucky bastard! I know. I held on to it, man. No, yeah. I, I. There are times where I could. I wish I could go back in time to my younger mm-hmm. self and start kicking. It was like, hey, save these. Me too. Yeah, I made a big mistake in college, and, and we can talk about that in a bit. I made a huge mistake in college, and I'm paying for that now. When uh, new systems came out, like PS2, oh, Xbox, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I made mistakes about because uh, there are some retro games I owned when I was a kid, and then when I had to like get rid of some games, I got rid of them. And then as I got older, I was like, man, I really want to play that game again. And I was yeah. Like, and I can't find it. And then it was like, oh wait, I sold it. Oh, it's wow. like, oh, you want you want that game that you love? Well, just drop two hundred and fifty dollars, and you can have a loose cart. Yeah, I mean, I just got Metroid Fusion is one of the games I recently got that I was trying to mm-hmm. hunt down for forever. Yeah, because I got that game, but then I gave it away because I sold my Game Boy Advance, my Arctic yep. White Game Boy Advance, because I got my SP, and I uh-huh. gave that to, and I just threw in Metroid Fusion for a friend because he was paying me sixty bucks for my GBA. Yeah, you don't think about it at the time, you know? Yeah, you don't. It's something you're like, ah, oh, it's fine. I, I played it. I'm good. I never knew that I was going to get to this point where I just became obsessive about rebuilding my collection. Mm-hmm. Um, well, beyond that, actually, yeah. <laughs> well beyond that at this point, my collection is getting huge. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it now. And it's actually fun to, to get to go back and purchase those games that you oh, yeah. may have, you know, I, you know, let someone have or sold or whatever, um, you know, to, to rebuild is so much fun. Oh yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It hurts in my wallet now because every time, oh, I yeah. do, I, every time there's a trade show I love going to here in Southern California called Frankenstein's. I mention them a lot, and they yeah. have it's like a nerd swap meet essentially, where there's That's like cool. a bunch of comic books, video games, card games, a few sports memorabilia, you name it, it's probably there. And there are times where I know a few of the guys who run booths there for video games, and when I see some of the older N64 titles, especially if they're yeah. CIB, then they're going they're way up there in price and i'm thinking it's like i remember mm-hmm. when i got mario kart 64 i got the loose cart for 25 dollars. now this yeah. cart is going for 60 crap yep, yep. i, I luckily i still have that i think yeah i still have a couple of my n64 like prize possessions mm-hmm. have a, a cib collector's edition ocarina of time oh, oh. cartridge is still cartridge is still in the plastic what um, still yeah. Yeah, I'll show you if you want to see it. I've got that, and I've got Majora's Mask Collector's inbox, and I've got Super Mario sixty four complete inbox. Um, a lot of their, a lot of them are my original boxes that I still had. Oh, I first bought the game, and they were in condition in the attic at my parents' house. My mom mm-hmm. told me a couple of years ago. She's like, "Did you want these?" And she's got a stack of mint in sixty four boxes, and I was like, "Yes, I do." And so she gave them to me, and then a couple of the games I didn't have because I'd sold them 
years ago and I had started to rebuild. So I just re-got the games, but the Zelda one is it's unsealed, but the cartridge is in the plastic. Oh, that's, that's still pretty mint. I mean, can- Oh yeah. I, I could never part with that. Oh no, no, I would, I wouldn't want you to, I won't want you to. But- <laughs> Same with the 64 Mario 64. Yeah. Like I, that is an- another game that is super important to me. Um, mm-hmm. So that's staying in the box too. I mean, even though I have the, I have the switch version, I still want the original cartridge because mm-hmm. once I finally yeah. do like that's all that's like one of my bucket lists for this year is to get even though because my space is limited. I've been recently mm-hmm. collecting a lot of handheld games because they're the cards okay. are a lot smaller and they're a lot easier to put away. Which uh like uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, what? Uh Game Boy Advance, Game Boy, and Nintendo DS. I'm looking for like the top games for me that I'm hunting for are those are for Game Boy and Nintendo DS. And why I, say I just Boy, picked Nintendo, up I just picked up three DS games. Let me show them to you. Nice, nice. And so I'm gonna roll away a lot and show you this stuff. <laughs> now, and when uh, I say Game Boy, I also I mean all of Game Boy. I'm talking from the OG Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance. Since you know that this be- since this beautiful little thing right here, my Game Boy Advance can play everything. Uh, I'm gonna get. I was actually looking for one of those. I just got the complete Castlevania DS collection. <gasps> Dude, so I, got, I know Dawn of Sorrow, Portrait of Ruin, and Order of Ecclesia. I have them all now. That is awesome. I I know I super got, excited. I love Castlevania. So oh, I actually never really got into Castlevania. I tried, not to say that I haven't tried, but I think because yeah. I have my NES Mini and my SNES Mini hooked up right now, so I could play Castlevania One, skip two, and play mm-hmm. four. Because <laughs> you know what's funny? I uh, gosh, uh, I my first Castlevania game was Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest. That's the one we had. Oh, and I loved it. But it was we had a subscription to Nintendo Power. Oh yeah, I had an original copy of the first issue of Nintendo Power that got torn up uh, years later by my younger brother. But I had a mint copy of that, so I hate that I don't have it anymore. But we used to get the strategy guides in those, you yeah. know. And there was a hotline, and mm-hmm. my had a friend who used to call the hotline, and so he would come over and play Simon's Quest with me. Yeah, and we would have to the game. It's one of those games. It was what's called we called it a Nintendo Power game. Mm-hmm couldn't beat it unless you had a nintendo power guide Ooh, that's how they made those games they, they would make it to where you couldn't possibly figure out what to do mm-hmm. unless you had a guide yeah and so we we had to do that but that game i get why people hate it mm-hmm. it's not a great castlevania game but it was my first castlevania game ever which is pretty wild and i still ended up loving the series later on hey we if you love a game, even if the others don't, you like what yeah. you like. That's, I mean, I may not exactly. like it, but I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that there's a few games that are in my collection that I absolutely love, even though I know they're not the best. But and oh, of course, like, why this game has gone off? I was like, eh, yeah, I love it though. Oh yeah, there's that happens all the time. You know, you'll you'll have games. And you're just like, man, I have such great memories of this game, and it makes me feel so good. And people are like, that game sucks. Yeah. I'll tell you, like, I've played the game. It's trash. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not trash. You're trash. <laughs> no, attack the game. Don't attack. My, my, one of my motto is, uh, well, one of the mottos on the Fickner podcast is yeah. don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah, don't gatekeep either. Yeah. Like, I hate people that do that. Mm-hmm. Or I just hate that. I don't want to say I hate people that do that. But I don't like that behavior. You know, when people are kind of like telling you what you're supposed to love and what you're not supposed to love. That happens all the time now. I'm a huge, huge Resident Evil fan. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil so much. And Silent Hill. But the community, the yeah. Resident Evil community is brutal. They Ooh. gate like crazy because there's so many different titles. But people will tell you like, oh, if you don't just play the first three over and over and over again, you're not a Resident Evil fan. 
Well, that sucks because the only Resident yeah, Evil that's, that's how a lot of people are. And they say that four sucks. And, you know, you know, this this happens in a lot of communities that have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different, you know, games. Mario, Zelda, all those. It's the same thing. People will tell you, like, you're not a real fan unless you played this one. No, screw that yeah. noise. Anyways, you love what you love. Yeah. yeah. The only Resident Evil, speaking of Resident Evil, the only Resident Evil game I wanted and I played from beginning to end was RE4. No one can blame you. It's a great game. Yeah, I it's so good. I yeah, love it. yeah. But a lot of Resident Evil fans will crap on it constantly. Well, yeah, because it's because I tried playing because Resident yeah. Evil came. Like I said, tangents are welcome and encouraged here on the show. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, because I got Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil, because it was a PlayStation Plus free game, and I started playing it. It's great, but those camera angles when you go into different rooms, I just hate. And when that first zombie comes at you, I keep missing, and I'm like, Why won't you die? Fun fact about that too is that the original Resident Evil was made to be hard, the American version, mm-hmm. not the Japanese version. The American version was made, programmed in a way to make it harder for people to beat uh, in, in on purpose, like the aiming and everything. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't rent it and beat it in a playthrough. You'd be more likely to buy it. Oh, kind of like uh, what they did with uh, Disney's Aladdin and Lion King. Lion King, yep, exactly the same thing. They mm-hmm. have- program it to where all of the item boxes would be would not be universal oh. to only have to go to one item box and you'd have to go all the way back to get an item you left in this other room they wouldn't be universal but they they didn't do that but they almost did and i'm glad they didn't because i don't know if resident evil would have lasted if they'd done that uh, i don't think so either <laughs> but yeah that's uh, and i have an original long box version of the, the first release of resident Ooh, evil nice yeah, it's the that's original really cool. copy which that's those ps1 cool. long boxes man i love yeah. them so yeah. much yeah man i think i saw I've when because I was a because place the PS1 came out in 94. No, gosh, you know what? I forget all the time. It's 94, I think, or 94. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure it's 94. Yeah, yeah, 94 and 64 came out in 96. So I was yep. like, I was three turning four years old when the PlayStation came out. Mm-hmm. And when the N64 was hitting big, I thought yeah. that's when the PlayStation came out. Where did it come mm-hmm. out? When or did it come out in 95? I was. I, was I, I always forget if it's 94, 95, because that the, I remember those years because I remember hearing about the Saturn mm-hmm. and the PlayStation, but I can't ever remember if it was 94 or 95. That's one of those uh, years I always get wrong. Hold on. I'm just 94. Oh, I know. That's, okay, that's, that sounds right. Yeah. December 3rd, 1994. Yeah. Thank you, Google. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, what else was I going to go on? Oh, yeah. So back to Mario and how. So one of the other problems I had with the, the whole Mario thing, especially with Mario, um, with Mario 3D All-Stars, and even this yeah. little nostalgia trap, because I actually went out and found the Super Mario Bros. Game & Watch. I don't know if you have this. Very yet. cool. No, I don't. I don't. But that's well, super cool. Well, it is a complete and other nostalgia trap, and I absolutely mm. love it. I have a nickname with my friends. They call me Nostalgia's Bitch, and they are not wrong. I like that, too, like my, for myself. <laughs> yeah, they, they are not wrong. But like as I said earlier, we're recording this before March 31st, which is where <laughs> that game and that Game & Watch are going to be – they're going to end production on it. So whatever's out there is out there. Good luck. And I just oh, – and I just like the NES like, Classic all over again. Yeah, it's the NES Classic all over again. It's also yeah. the Disney Vault mentality. It's creating yeah. a false demand, which, I yeah. mean, yes, I bought into it because I love these games and I love this homage to history. But right. at the same time, it's like just – because with this uh, Game & Watch – because in the original line of the Game of Watches, there is a Zelda one. And with Zelda's mm-hmm. 35th anniversary coming out, they already announced Skyward Sword HD, which cool. I'm probably going to get it because sure. I never played the original on the Wii. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, I'm I, was totally dis- I was really disappointed they didn't do more for that, but we can talk about that. Yeah. Well, of course, they said they're going to announce more during uh, summer, which is around the time yeah. the three is going to happen. So, my, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing that if they did this with Mario and they slapped mm-hmm. Mario, Super Mario Bros. and Super Mario Bros. 2, well, I kind of wish they slapped Mario Bros. 1, 2, and 3, a complete collection on that thing. because they totally they're going to fit on there. Yeah. Yeah. But I also have a feeling that if they release a Zelda one or a Metroid Game & Watch with the original NES versions of those games, those are probably also going to sell like hotcakes. But I fear, yeah. I fear that Nintendo is going to keep like the limited thing, which makes me mad because you could luckily you can still get that at a store. I went to a store recently and they had yeah. a bunch in the console. It's like there's it's not like hung up where the toys are. It's where the consoles are. You have to go to the consoles right. to find it. Mm-hmm. But and then when I went to a trade show, I saw a friend of mine, uh, one seller had it used, CIB still, but used for 40 bucks because MSRP is 50. And then I went right. to another place, they had it sealed, selling for 100 Criminal. Yeah, so it's like, Nintendo, come on, throw us a bone yeah. here. They don't, it's, yeah, once it's once they've done their uh, their release and gotten, again, it's why I have a love-hate relationship with them. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, again, it's a business and they have to do, you know, I, I understand yeah understand and i want them to stay around because i love i love them mm-hmm. i also hate the way sometimes they treat their fans oh yeah totally too it's it's funny because it's like you say you know oh well you know the skyward sword is going to come out and i'm probably going to get that and i'm sitting here thinking like do i really want to get Sky, skyward sword you know yeah i'll probably get it you know because it's, it's it's that's how they get you yeah. you want to play skyward sword again and i'm like no i actually want to play these other ones again but sure you know, like that's just yeah. how I feel. Nothing against Skyward Sword, it's fine, but I think that there's others that I would rather see for sure. I mean, yeah, the Mario one I was totally fine with putting down 60 bones for, even though I kind of wish it was a little bit cheaper. Yeah, I never it should have been a $30 game max to me. Yeah, I would have been fine with 40. I would have been okay with 40 bucks. Yeah, I, that's yeah, I could have even seen that, but 60 was a little, yeah, 60 was still yikes. But of course, I still paid for it because I'm like that, but yeah. those games I never played before and I wanted to play those yeah. games. I just see. I have less of an excuse. <laughs> I have less of an excuse, right? Um, I can I can pop my Mario sixty four and my N sixty four anytime I want, you know, and play it that way. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to be able to play it. it the con- the convenience is a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. The my, you know my Switch like my modern consoles are are downstairs like on my big TV like my Xbox, yeah. uh, my my PlayStation and my my Switch are all down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there's a convenience to that just being to say like, well, you know what? I kind of want to, you know, sit down on the couch and play some, some Mario sunshine. Okay. Well, I have to log down, you know, my TV now, my modern TV, I can't even hook up unless I get some special cables. Like I can't hook up my old systems to that TV. Right. Getting to that point where most TVs are not going to have those hookups anyway. Yeah. The switch gives you that convenience. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought about it that way. And that's like, maybe that's just how I justified it in my head. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'll spend $60, $20 a game for these games that I already have mm-hmm. so that I can play them conveniently on my couch. Uh, yeah. on my series. But I'm, you know, at the same time, I'm like, this is, it's a little much for what you get. In yeah. My- yeah. So. yeah it is. I mean, I'm lucky because the, because I have like a, in my house, I have this neat little gaming loft. This is where I do recording for my podcast yeah. for this. And also where I play my games because I have my PS4 up here. We yeah. do have a TV downstairs, and that's there's a spot there that's reserved for the PlayStation Five when I eventually get it. <laughs> gotcha. But, but luckily, my TV up here can, still has the um, the composite plugin, so I can still plug in stuff there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm lucky. I still have that. I still have that uh, plugin, but 
Um, yeah. When I, um, I might just have it modded so it could have an HDMI output because apparently that's really easy to do. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of adapters uh, lately because I have a uh, setup up here. This is this is a work in progress. This is the game mm-hmm. room. Um, and I just got everything recarpeted not long ago. Nice. And I've got LED stuff I want to do. But I have actually been buying um, older CRT TVs. Uh-huh. I have uh, one that's uh, a 27-inch that I got from a guy for $15. Nice. I found on Facebook Marketplace. And then I bought one on eBay. It's a little DVD combo. Oh, and I've I've got the N64 hooked up to that right now, but I love it. You know, it's like a little, uh, I love the CRT. I love scan lines, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm playing games that way. So I like, I'm trying to get some of those to have them around in case, you know, when one inevitably dies, I'll have a backup and, and uh, you know, they're getting more expensive because people are realizing that people, retro gamers want them. Yeah. So unless you, if you find one local around here, luckily where I live, Mm -hmm. if I go outside of the city, uh, where I live, there are a lot of rural areas where people have this stuff that'll give them away. They're not looking, they don't know about retro gaming. They don't know about video gaming. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they will give you a CRT TV for $10. Whereas maybe where you are, and I don't know, but you probably run into the situation where a lot of people know Oh yeah, that they're looking for that stuff. So there's that, that's tough. Cause they'll be like, yeah, I've got a CRT TV that's on its last leg. You can have it for $200, mm-hmm. you know, that that's tough. So I, but it's, it's also getting to the point where I want to play these older consoles the way that I remember them. Right. And hooking them up, unless you have an HDMI option, like what you're talking about. I have a uh, HDMI uh, option for my GameCube that has changed everything, you know, to an HDTV and it looks amazing. And it's one of those, um, uh, gosh, what's it called? Uh, Insurrection Industries makes it, I forget the actual name of it, but it's like, or it's Carby or something like that, but uh, totally worth it. So trying to convert as many of those consoles as I can to play on an HDTV, but the older ones, I don't really go for the HD mods for those because they don't look as great. And I'd rather yeah. just play them as they used to be like on a scanline TV. Yeah. Um, Cause I would, I mean, like I said earlier, space is a very big thing for me because I have very limited space. Yeah which is why I'm buying a whole lot of uh, handheld games because the cards yeah. for handheld games, there's nice, small, and tiny. They're That's easy. Right. They're easy to, to collect. Yeah, Easy to collect. I don't need them CIB. Well, the DS, I'm kind of picky yeah. about. I really want DS games CIB. But, um, but, like, but GBA games, I don't care if it's loose or in the box. That's fine. I used to throw away the boxes anyway. Yeah, that's... Oh, God. Because I've been looking into collecting GBA as well. Because mm-hmm. I, I missed the boat on the GBA. I That came out... Around the time um, the GameCube came out, I did get a GameCube, and I was but I was starting college, mm-hmm. and you know that's I was more I was more interested in Metroid Prime and less interested in Metroid Fusion mm-hmm. right at the time because I was at that age, and um, so I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. I'd only recently started playing those games, and I got a um, I have a 3DS, and that's what I use for my DS games. But I've been wanting to collect GBA, but um, I was looking for um, a couple of games and I, I I would love to have them complete in box, but God, they're the games that I really want are super expensive. When you, Which like, ones do you want? Well, the one I've been trying to get, and I don't know if I can justify spending this much, but uh, it's Aria of Sorrow for any okay. Aria of Sorrow for Game Boy complete in box is going to be over $300. Ooh. So uh, yeah, might have to get a loose cart 
Yeah. No, the game do that though. And I think, I think I could justify doing that if I can figure out a way to display mm -hmm. cards. And I've seen some people like on Etsy will make like GameCube shelves and stuff for just the loose carts. So I thought about doing that. And if I can do that and display them well, then I may just forego the boxes. Yeah. Cause um, right now I only have one Game Boy game that's CIB and it's Pitfall the Mind Adventure. <laughs> I just picked up Pitfall the Mind Adventure CIB on Super Nintendo. Now, so that's funny. Pit, no, so the reason why I picked up Pitfall because I bought this off a friend of mine at Frankenstein's because a while yeah. ago, last time I saw him before I bought Pitfall, he was kind enough to gift me a Pac-Man amiibo that I was looking for. Okay. Yeah. He gave me this cute little guy for free. Very cool. He like just straight up gave it to me. And even though I gave had the money you. on, yeah, even though I had the money on me, he was yeah. like, it's going to a good home. I know you really want this. Cause you know, I, I love that's, that's good. That's I good. absolutely love Pac-Man. So I saw this, I figured, you know what? I, I want to help him out. I want to support him. So I got this and I, and I actually had this game on the windows 95. I did too. Day. That's the first time I played it was on Windows. Yeah, it was my brother's title. So it was my brother's mm -hmm. game. His game was Pitfall. My game was Sonic CD. And okay. when we and I thought, oh, it's on the GBA. The GBA is a decently powerful system. It can do a lot of really cool 32-bit games. Right. So I started playing it. And as I'm playing, I'm like, where's the sound? Except when Harry jumps, I'm like, because this game was completely CIB, completely CIB. Yeah. The box has some yeah. damage to it because it's been thrown around a little bit. But then yeah. I look into it and I'm like, and everyone on YouTube saying, yeah, the Game Boy Advance port of Pitfall sucks. You so I'm like, well, damn. You ran into that a lot. You would you would look into, and even, you know, I had an original Game Boy. I still have an original Game Boy um, that I loved. But Speaking of OG Game Boys, here's my original Game Boy Pocket. <laughs> that's your original? This is, yeah, this got, is Let me see. I'll show you. Here's my original. Hold on. This is the first. So uh, audio listeners, I'm holding up my green, beautiful Game Boy Pocket that I've had since 1997. I love the Game Boy Pocket. The no, Game Boy Pocket is an awesome, underrated system. And inside it is my original red version. Very nice. Had, my very first red version. I have my brother's blue because my I got red, my brother got blue. Uh, but cool. before we yeah, before we get into Pokemon, uh oh hold on, let me see your Game Boy first. I want to see oh, it. Oh yeah, now I was gonna show you this one. Oh you rat mm. Yeah, this mm. actually still has the customer <laughs> receipt right there. Mm, audio now, this wasn't my original receipt, but this is a complete in box um, original Game Boy, and it had the uh, the Tetris pack in. So okay, so yeah, audio I got this from a guy at a gas station. What? Yeah, a gas station. Some guy was selling this. I I used to get on um, like offer up and stuff like that. This was years ago, maybe like four or five huh? years ago when I just started, or six, maybe six years ago when I first started collecting again. Mm -hmm. This guy, and it's actually still sealed right there. I didn't even realize. Um, it's open right here, but uh, yeah. this guy was like, yeah, I'm selling this for, he wanted like $20 for it. And I was like, yeah, me at the at this so-and-so gas station. I didn't think he was going to do it. And he showed up and I gave him 20 bucks and he gave me this. This thing is in almost mint condition. It's insane. You bought a complete in-box yeah. Game Boy, the original 1989 brick, complete with Tetris for 20 bucks. <laughs> Yep, absolutely did. I am trying to not cuss you out. And the guy said it was his. It was his. He just kept it in good condition. And this, it's so funny. Like the proof of purchase is where the, uh, it's perforated, where you take this off and send it in. Mm -hmm. The uh, serial number, the the date, 1992 is on there. Oh, so uh, for for the receipt. But yeah, like just you never know what you're gonna find. And actually, yeah. down here where I live, you don't you don't have a lot of 
games game stores. Mm-hmm. We you retro game stores. Right. Well, I mean retro game stores. Mm-hmm. So we have a few, but compared to somewhere like, you know, I, I have a friend who lives uh, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we have a retro game store like every other block. He's like, they're everywhere. So it's yeah. hard for us here from where, I, from where I live to find that stuff. And you, once in a while, you'll get on like a marketplace or something and somebody who doesn't know what they have, doesn't care. They don't look into it. They're just like, yeah, I've got this, I've got this Sega Nintendo, you know, that I'm selling $5. It's yours. And it might have a little dust on it, but I mean, you might find something super rare mm-hmm. because these people like pull it out of their attic and they're like, here's that, that Vidya that I don't want anymore. And yeah. it's this kind of situation, you know, yeah. he, and he didn't care, honestly. And I was going to tell him, be like, you know, are you sure you don't want a little more? And he was like, nah, I don't want it. 20 bucks. It's like, okay, sure thing. No problem. I mean, yeah. if someone offered me a brick, uh, original Game Boy brick for 20 bucks CIB, I'm like, sure, take it. I'm- I, yeah. Most things CIB, I'll spend 20 bucks on. Yeah, like, I mean, they ask for, for a system like that because that can eat because even a, a regular unmodded version can go for yeah. around eighty dollars loose, and that's been used up. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, man, I am jealous. Yeah. No, not jealous. I'm envious of you, good <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to make this into a good, lasting uh, friendship or start of a beautiful friendship. But right. you show me all these beautiful things. I'm like, oh, you son of a. Like, when you, Patrick, when you get old. And you decide that it's time to let all your stuff go and you're going to pass it down. Just remember me, right? <laughs> Just remember. Here's my address. <laughs> Send it to me. I do think, you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of this is preservation to me, though. Too. Yeah. It's kind oh, of yeah. like the uh, having your own little museum. And mm-hmm. uh, I want people to be able to walk into this room you know, when it's all done and be like, what? what? <laughs> like, you, you have all these games. Like, let's let's boot up the Wii. Let's play you know, let's play Mario Kart, whatever, and just kind of have those feelings of nostalgia come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my friends, you know, we're, we're in our thirties, we're in our, our mid to late thirties. And yeah. so when I show this stuff to friends that I, you know, haven't seen in a while or somebody comes and visits or whatever, and they're like, Oh my God, they, you see the look on their face when they yeah. see the stuff I have. And they're like, I remember this game. You know, that's, that's why pro- probably you as well, you know, you collect this stuff because you mm-hmm. want, you want to have it for yourself. It's a comfort. It's nostalgia. obviously. Oh, yeah which I am very guilty of catering to my nostalgia all the time, but it's also being able to share that with people, you know, and especially a different generation that might not realize how great these games were. And still oh, yeah. Are. Yeah. My, uh, my nephew, uh, I remember my sister, my stepsister, she called me up one day when super Mario 3d world came or 3d all-stars came out. And yeah. she asked me, he's like, Hey, what's the deal with this old Mario game? And I was like, Oh, they're re-releases of, um 64 sunshine and galaxy which were huge hits on yeah. their respective systems and because she asked me do you think because my nephew got into video games i want to say partially because of me because he lived with me for a brief time and okay when with my 3ds i was having a chart i was charging it out in the open because i was going to play it and then mm-hmm. i come back and i see i see my little nephew who's like he's four years old at the time so i see mm-hmm. him with my 3ds and he's playing mario kart and I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, part of me is proud, but the other part of me, because he's four, and I remember when I was four, yeah, I was very destructive. So I'm like, hey, Austin, <laughs> what you doing there? He's like, playing. Like he knew he was in trouble. Yeah, I didn't, no. I didn't like. I didn't yell. I was like, hey, if you ever want to play with Uncle Ben's toys, just let Uncle Ben know first. Right. I would be the same way, and like obviously, I want kids to like. I've, I have my sisters have kids, and um, you know, my my nephew. Um, 
or my younger nephew, he's really into a lot of that stuff and he's starting mm-hmm. to get into it. And so I definitely like want to share that with him. Like I want oh, yeah. him to, be able to come in and be like, Oh, what's this game and play it. But I'm also the kind of person where if I, if I walked in the room and they were like, you know, if they were holding my game boy box and trying to open it up, I'd be like, Oh my God. Like, you know, you, it's that in your head, like, Oh God, like, please don't break anything. Please don't tear anything. Yeah. With my supervision. Sure. Yeah. No problem. But <laughs> no, It's I, I understand what you're saying. Oh yeah. I mean, when anyway. I, I want kids someday as well, but then I'm all my, cause my friends, they see the stuff I'm collecting. They're like, are you gonna let your kids play with this stuff? I'm like, well, eventually. Yeah. Cause I want to put my yeah. kid. Uh, I mean, the PlayStation Seven might be out when when my kid, when I, when me and my wife, we just or my girlfriend now, yeah. when we decide, like, okay, they're old enough to get into video games, but I yeah. want to be that person who's like, okay, here's the NES, here's mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo, and yeah. then go from there. Yeah, try to get them. I mean, maybe they, if if they like video games, cool. But if they don't like them, then I'm not going to force it on them. Yeah, you'd hope so. You know, yeah. at the same time, you know, maybe they won't be, but we also live in a time where games are super popular. Oh yeah. Kids are playing them. So oh, yeah. whether or not they appreciate the stuff that we, that we liked, I don't know. Yeah. There is I mean, a for scene and maybe they will. I mean, I'm not going to be that parent of Fort. I at first, when I first started getting into getting back into retro game collecting, I was going to be yeah. that. I thought to myself, yeah, my kids are going to learn the old stuff before they can play the new stuff. I was like, nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, yeah. uh, they just call this dad's hobby. Then sure. Let them call it dad's hobby, but they're in it. Yeah, sure. But although yeah. I will train them in the ways of the original super smash bros before I show them ultimate. Absolutely. Gosh, as you should. Yeah. As you should. So you mentioned Metroid earlier, and I really want yeah. to talk about uh, Metroid. So, yeah. uh, so Metroid, thirty-five years, great mm-hmm. milestone. Where the damn hell is Metroid Prime Four? Yeah, um, we. So Metroid. Um, gosh, I. Because <sighs> you mentioned Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime earlier as your as one of your games when you got. So you you've been around since the So you've been there for yeah. Metroid. I wasn't yep. Metroid. My first uh, rendition or my first intro into Metroid and even into the Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. was through Super Smash Bros. Okay. And I thought, and even and my very first Metroid game was Metroid Fusion. Okay. Because I got the Game Boy, I heard Metroid Fusion was coming out. Everyone was talking about Metroid Fusion. Yeah. Um, like because I used to watch uh, G4 yeah. a lot when I was a kid. I watched X Play, and then oh when yeah. They, yeah, and when they announced, it's like, yo, Metroid Fusion, that's gonna be a really cool Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. I got it for Christmas. And when I opened it's up the game, yeah, and, oh, it is. And when I started reading the booklet, it said, "Yeah, uh, Samus Aran, she." I'm like, "She?" Oh yeah, we got exposed to that. Um, I, so I didn't have the original Metroid on NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first exposure, I knew what it was. My first game, the first Metroid game I ever played was uh, Metroid Two: Return of Samus on Game Boy. Um, nice. I was obsessed with that game, um, and then I also played Super Metroid. Speaking of Metroid 2, hold on. Yep. I gotta show you something. So I got so I got this. This isn't the Metroid yep. 2 box. This is the Metroid Samus Returns 3DS special okay. with the reversible cover. I, I love that cover. Yeah. I did not know this was a reversible cover until I put yep. the game into my 3DS. I saw it that back. Cover, that cover is awesome. I that's actually, yeah. I, I had um I don't have it now, but I had an original copy of Sam of Metroid 2, and I love the cover of that game. Oh yeah, this One is of my Metroid covers. I mean, this. So I have like the actual yeah. box box in yeah. my uh, in my little ca- in my little cupboard right in my dresser drawer right here. That's where I store yeah. my games. But <laughs> when I saw this, I'm like, this has to go on the shelf. And even it includes yeah. it includes the typo. The typo is on the back of the box. I, think I know, and that's bad. I love it so much. That that's actually um, my 
to be fair, my first exposure to Metroid was in a Nintendo Power magazine before Ooh. I played Metroid 2. So I knew who Samus was. And I actually remember um, seeing, I think it was in a Nintendo Power, but there was the code, the Justin Bailey code, mm-hmm. um, where people who had eaten Metroid, you know, the helmet comes off and you see that it's a, a woman. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like, at the time I was, I don't know, like even as a kid, I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where I was like super surprised or whatever. I just thought it was cool. Cause I was, yeah. I assumed that Samus was a, was a boy the whole yeah, time. So, so did I, I, um, yeah. when I first saw Samus in, uh, in super smash bros as a playable character, I thought, mm-hmm. Oh, that's like, that person's like Mega Man because they have a cannon for an arm. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, you, I thought you, that was you, know, you just assume. Yeah, and then the I, armor and the shape. But then when you see that, you're like, "Whoa, that's that's really cool." Like I didn't, I never would have known it. It was a cool like reveal. Yeah, and for a lot of people, and uh, so I always, I don't know, I've always loved Samus as a character. I talked about this. I did a podcast with uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Backlog. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some guys out in Australia. Ooh. Great guy. Check him out, by the way. Really cool, really cool couple of guys. Um, but I talked with Adam on his podcast before we did our Metroid Prime episode. Mm-hmm. Episode with him right before about Metroid Prime. And we talked about it. And we talked about that, about Samus being like as a character. And even though she doesn't get a ton of characterization in most games, we won't count Other M because that's... That's, not- that's a different conversation. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't mind Other M. I think it's a perfectly fine game, but it's not Samus to me, right? Yeah. Um, but Samus to me, I kind of like, it's like the master chief thing. Like I love master chief because he, he's, you never see his face. Mm-hmm. He keeps things very simple. He doesn't say a whole lot. And I like that kind of strong, silent type that you get to kind of, that has mystery to them. And that's one of the reasons I love Samus. You know, you don't know a whole lot about her and she's just that strong, silent, badass type, you know, and I like that about her. And I think that's, oh, yeah. But Metroid is a criminally, criminally underrated series in Nintendo's it, life. It, it, really is. it totally is because Metroid, I I um I also write freelance for oldschoolgamermagazine.com. Mm-hmm. And even though I haven't really been into the Metroid series, um I'm now I'm trying to go through all the Metroid games. Not like Metroid Prime, but Metroid 1, 2, 3, and 4, which is okay. so I beat so I found mm-hmm. Metroid Zero Mission for the GBA. I played it, I beat it, I absolutely Great game. love it. Great game. It is amazing. It yeah. is a, a. It is so good, mm-hmm. and I'm about to start Metroid Two Samus or Samus Returns on my 3DS. But you're right, Metroid is one of those things that a lot of people love, and I want more Metroid. I love. Me too. After playing, uh, after playing Zero Mission, because when mm-hmm. I first started playing Fusion, I absolutely loved it. I had no idea what was going on. I was yeah. because I was I was in I was in elementary school when that game came out and I got to this mm-hmm. one part where I was stuck and I couldn't figure out where to go. Yeah. But that whole aspect of exploring and it's like yeah like when it first chucks me in the game I'm like wait is this level one? Because I was as a kid yeah. I thought oh you still have level one, two, three, four, five. But then here's Metroid. It's like no you have to go find it. You want yeah it. that's what I love there. about Metroid. Metroid and you know that's what inspired the, the later Castlevania games like Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. as Metroid, you know, yeah. it's that kind of, of, uh, you know, thing where you have a map and, and you have all these places that, and we talked about it on our podcast too, because they do it in Metroid prime, mm-hmm. as well. but that idea that you see something and you go, well, I can't get there yet, but I know that I can at some point. And yeah. you, I love the way that they progress. And I was actually, um, Jay had never 
uh, had never played. Uh, I think he had played Metroid Zero Mission mm-hmm. past, but he had never really played other Metroid games. And I was like, "You, I've been telling him for years. I was like, you've got to play Metroid Prime. you got to give it a shot and see what all the fuss is about because I personally believe it's one of the best Metroid, period. Yeah, I've also, I've also never played Metroid Prime. And even when I had oh, a Wii and the Metroid Prime trilogy came out for the Wii, mm-hmm. I wanted it. But unfortunately, when the Wii came out, I was in high school. And yeah. when my parents were not anti-video games, I mean, they got us video games for birthdays and Christmas. Yeah. And very rarely during the between birthdays and Christmas or other big things during the year, like maybe mm-hmm. there's a sale or one, or if I got really good grades on my report cards, they'd be like, okay, we'll go get you this game that you really want. Right. So the, tri- so the Metroid Prime trilogy, that's one of the games I hope they do remake for the Switch. I hope so too. And I want, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm a product of my time too. And I, I love me. I really do. I've, mm-hmm. I've new appreciation for the week. Right. Uh-huh. But I don't want, I want there to be an option for not having to do motion controls. But well, you're kind of like with Scarlet Sword where it's button only, where they use the, I'm, yeah. yeah. If I'm, I'm not against sure, it. Yeah. I'm not against that either, but I'm also, I'm pretty sure since Metroid one, uh, Metroid prime one and two, Mm-hmm. They were all controller based. I'm pretty sure that if they do decide they to work these games, because I have a feeling they're going to do something for E3 this year. It's been <sighs> how many years since Metroid Prime 4 was announced? Mm-hmm. I want to say they're going to be like, okay, here's the remakes or here's the yeah. re-releases. And Metroid Prime 3 is but has button controls. You don't have to use the I'm, giant that's what I'm, I'm curious if they would do that. And I wonder if they'll just – because, again, I mean – I, I grew up, or, or excuse me, when I was in college and played that game, mm-hmm. I loved the way that it felt. And Jay played it on GameCube. He didn't play the Wii version. Adam from Good Bad Backlog did. Um, that was an interesting conversation because I I I like motion controls at certain times. Right. But for Metroid, I want to be I want to have the option to play with a controller. And but do I really? And this kind of circles back into the conversation we were having here. Mm-hmm. Do I really think Nintendo is going to put that effort in to yeah. actually? give us those options no i don't i really don't especially for metroid i don't think they will i would love it if they did and i think that they should and i think that i want to be able to pick up my switch pro controller and sit down and play metroid prime that way me too um, you know if if they were to do that especially you know metro prime 2 needs more attention that game is i understand why people some people don't like it but that's a really cool game um and deserves more more attention uh, you know, and then corruption, you know, it was built though, to be a motion control game. They, they put in a lot of gimmicks mm-hmm. to use the Wiimote with. So I don't know if they would put in the hours and the time that they need to put in to, to change that. That's why I don't think that'll happen then. I wish that it would, and I really hope that it will. But, um, if I can at least play one and two, you know, with a controller, I'll be happy. But yeah. do I think that's going to happen? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I would be happy for Nintendo just to release any other stuff, uh, Metroid related. Mm-hmm. I can thankfully I've I've yeah. hunted down Metroid Zero Mission and Metroid. I hunted down Zero Mission, Fusion, and Samus Returns. Yeah, I hunted those down. I, would I love the original Game Boy copy of Metroid Two? Of course I would. Yeah, but I I hunted down those things, and now I have two different ways to play Super Metroid. I have it on my SNES Mini, and I have it yeah. through the Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, I love the SNES Mini. Oh, it's it. I when, once I saw that Secret of Mana was going to be released for that, I'm like instant. I am buying. I actually waited outside in Target at five o'clock in the damn morning for it. 
Yeah, I got one uh, a little bit later. Got lucky and didn't have to pay a ton for it. Nice. Uh, but I, I actually modded mine, so I've okay. got I've got a lot of games on it. But it's that what I love about that console is that it just it's an easy way to hook up a Super Nintendo, play it with. You can turn on the scan lines if you want, but it's mm-hmm. easy to play. Um, you know, and uh, a great way to collect a lot of those games and have them just play. I own most of the games that I have on there, mm-hmm. but I want to be able to easily access them and play them because not all of it is collecting. Because I'm there's no way I can play all the games I have. Oh, yeah, me too. No way, there's not enough time left in my life to play all the games that I have, right? And I, I, I know that, but a lot of it's the collecting aspect. I want to have those copies of the games, um, but I love those many, and I don't have an NES mini, I actually missed the boat. Um, wasn't able to get one, but I'm glad that I have a Super NES Mini and a Genesis Mini. Yeah, I got the I got the Genesis Mini for Christmas a few um, when it, the year it came out, and yeah. <laughs> you should have seen my, you should have seen my face because uh, <laughs> best friend, one well, of my best friends, he gave it to me. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I think I know this is, and then I rip open the paper and I see it, and I yell, Sega. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know what though they 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 missed a couple of things too. Like, I, where's the Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles? I heard there's like some legal action or there's like legal troubles with Sonic three, which I kind of call BS because as much as Sonic two yeah. is one of my favorite of the Genesis games, mm-hmm. Sonic three and Knuckles is fan friggin' tastic. Sonic three is great. I two is my personal favorite, but um, three is a great game. Yeah, great yeah. Game. yeah. Yeah, I grew I up playing. I grew up playing CD thanks to um, uh, the Windows ninety five port. So okay. I, I played the PC port of um, of Sonic CD because I never owned it. Like that is technically my first real Genesis. Really? Yeah. Uh, my girl, although my for our first anniversary, my girlfriend was kind of have to buy me the At Games Genesis. Oh gosh. Yeah, and then and those well, poor things. When you see it and the when you see it on the store for forty dollars, you think, oh, like, oh man, yeah. I was excited. I did then, run, though. No, I'm and then I Sega, Sega did the run because. Uh, and then I plugged it in, and I heard the sound for. I booted up Sonic the Hedgehog. That was the first game I played, and even oh, I yeah. was like, the audio is awful. I was like, yikes! Oh, yeah, yeah. They get you. They they were they were. I think at the time Sega was like, yeah, sure, make it. You know, yeah. <laughs> who cares? But then they realized. I don't know. Sega Sega's doing. They're doing their best right now, and I think they've made. Moves. Um, yeah, but did you? You said you started with Sonic, right? I did. Sonic the, the Sonic the Hedgehog two. That was the first, yeah. as far as I can recall. Okay. That was the very first video game I have ever played. I've always loved Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, like when I was uh, my next door neighbor, he had a Genesis when um, mm-hmm. I lived in Marietta because that's where my brother was born. Okay. And my next door neighbor, he had Genesis, so I so I played at his house. Okay. And then the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon was out. And my parents got me, mm-hmm. funny enough, they got me this little trinket from uh, this little Sonic the Hedgehog Happy Meal toy. I had some of those. I think no, I had this is this one. is my original. Toy. Yeah, this it is my original cool. toy that I've had. Awesome. I'm going to be buried with this damn thing. That is really funny. I uh, man, that's another thing they used to do, and I can't remember if those were at like Burger King or where those were. I think they were Burger King, but uh, that one was McDonald's. Was it McDonald's? Okay. I had the one that, and we would take these to school. Kids would have them at school. And I had one that was Tails and it had like a little thing you would hold. And Tails's tail was a helicopter, a little circular yeah. helicopter, and you pull yeah. the thing and you'd fly. Oh, that's and cool. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like, and I think I may have one of those, that, but I just don't know where it is. It's probably my parents' house. Um, but yeah, Sonic, man. I, I was, um, 
I was a Nintendo kid. So mm -hmm. when Genesis came out, my next door neighbor had one. Oh. And I used to go over and, but he was one of those kids that like, there were kids that you'd have like in the neighborhood. They'd be like, come on over. Let's play games, man. Let's just have a great time. They'd let you play. There mm -hmm. So you'd have that kid that was like, yeah, you can play for 10 minutes and I'm going to shut it off. Like that kind of thing. Oh. And he was kind of like that where he would, he knew that I wanted to play it, but he liked the idea of being in control. And uh, so he would like, I'd get to play, you know, Sonic. And I was, I was absolutely just mesmerized by Sonic the first time mm -hmm. I I wanted a Genesis. My first Sonic game that I ever owned was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for Game Gear. Oh, wow. The console I ever got was a Game Gear. I still have mine, but um, that was the Master System version. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not very good. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not bad. It's just not good. No, I, I had one too. I had, yeah, I had a Game Gear. I bought it completely secondhand. Okay. I, I was there was a used game store in my hometown that we used to go to a lot, and mm -hmm. they had to say a Game Gear, and I thought, "Ooh, a portable Sega," because I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't that's know what I thought. It existed at the point because my very first Sega console was a Sega Dreamcast, and I got that okay. after the after like I think Sega decided the Dreamcast. Oh, me, me I too. Love the Dreamcast. My first. Um, I got so, so, ahead, Christmas morning Sonic Adventure two. Like I knew Christmas Eve that was a really good Christmas that year because we got a lot of presents. My brother and I. Yeah, and because and, normally the rule is open one present on Christmas Eve, the rest on Christmas Day on Christmas okay. morning. That year, my parents were like, "No, you can open more." So cool. they actually gave me, they bought me the Sega All Stars version of Crazy Taxi, and I opened it, oh, and, nice. I was, and I knew what I was gonna get because yeah. there's a Dreamcast game with the third party, yeah, right, like, the, oh, oh. controller, and I was you, like, "You oh, knew at that point, one. yeah." There was no question. I got yeah. a Dreamcast for Christmas. Um, the year after it came out. So I got mine at the end of 2000 and then they, they got shut down not long after that. So that was a bummer. Yeah. That, that, that so. still makes me sad. Oh, but I, I have a couple of Dreamcasts. I still have my original Dreamcast box. I'm glad I held on to that. Um, my original Dreamcast, I, I, uh, the laser died in it years ago, but oh. I rescued it with a Terra onion mode. You and, were smart because yeah. So it's, I've given it new life, you know, and I have another Dreamcast that the laser still works. And it works fine. But I, I wanted to keep my original that my parents got me. I think I got that one in 2000. Mm -hmm. It's 2000, I think. Um, and uh, so, yeah, now, but it's still turned on. The laser just didn't work. So now I've got, um, you know, an, an SD card or, or no, a hard drive in there. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, the Dreamcast, love that console, played the hell out of Sonic Adventure. Oh, me too. Awesome game. I, I, I love that game. But Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, those were the games I went to the most. But you're lucky because you decided to get yours fixed. I had my Dreamcast for years. And then one of my best friends, I went before in the before times, before coronavirus, I, mm -hmm. he and I would have these retro game nights where, where we would just go to one of our houses. Yeah. We would bring a bunch of – mostly it would be our Game Boys. And um, okay, we, we yeah. our Game Boy, I like I would bring my Game Boys and like we just sit down and just play Pokemon, and just talk to each other, mm -hmm. or we would play one of our consoles. And I decided to bring my Dreamcast with me one day because he's never okay. played a Dreamcast before. We plug it in, I put in Sonic Adventure, I hit the on button, and nothing happens. We check the connections three times, and I'm like, Yeah, and I realized my Dreamcast died. Yep. So unfortunately, instead of thinking I can get this fixed, I'm thinking it's yeah. dead, never gonna work again. I donate the console to a Goodwill and I sell mm. the games. 
I know. And I sell the games thinking, oh, I could probably just get these games digitally. They should be out now. Well, I'm an idiot. No, they're not. And after the N64, the next console I want to re-get and regrow my collection of is the Dreamcast. And I'm also willing oh, to down some money because my yeah. friends, they swear by Power Stone. I've never played Power Stone. Oh, yeah. Power Stone's great. We, that was one that uh, Jay and I – so what we would do th – these are days that he and I reminisce about a lot. But when he was – when we were in high school, yeah, he lived, he lived in a neighborhood, you know, suburban neighborhood not far from where I grew up. Mm -hmm. um, I would go usually like after school, I'd get in my 89 Ford Bronco and head to his house. And we would go, they had a garage that was converted into like a, a rec room and there were couches and carpet and their very first instance of a PC that had cable internet that I had, was wild at the time. Yeah. Um, and then he had a Dreamcast and um, he had Power Stone. Ooh. We would play, so we would play Power Stone, Power Stone 2. Um, when it came out, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater to death. We played a lot of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, um, Sonic Adventure, um, and uh, what are the other ones? Well, we played, oh, Soul Calibur. We played oh, Soul yeah. all the time. That was actually the game that the first time I saw Soul Calibur mm -hmm. on his Dreamcast, I was like, this looks better than it does, or this looks better than arcade games. Ooh. That's that was literally the moment where I realized that we were into another generation, like mm -hmm. a different change, because we had had N64. We'd had the blocky polygons. We had, yeah. you know, we saw how, you know, the uh, the PlayStation looked, the Saturn looked like the, mm -hmm. very polygonal. The Dreamcast yeah. was the first console that had the smooth yeah. models, the flow. The first time I saw Killeek spin his staff. I'm telling you, it's burned in my brain because I was always on the floor. I couldn't believe how good the games looked on that thing. No, I remember because yeah. um, when we when I got my Dreamcast, we would go and my parents would just buy random tiles for us sometimes. Mm -hmm. But one of the tiles we got was I want to say Sega Sports Football 2K2. Mm -hmm. It was one of the Sega Sports titles. It was a football yeah, game. Yeah, those were pretty good. And I remember when we put it in, my brother and I, are, and this is like, early this is like early like 3d graphics pat ps2 sega dreamcast era i mean yeah. when you look on back on it now it's not the. i mean you can tell it's like okay it's still not the best looking but still looks pretty damn good when i was a kid and i was playing a football game on playstation 2 at one of my dad's friend's houses and i was playing this yeah. on my dreamcast my brother and i were just sitting there in awe thinking yeah oh my God, this looks just like it would on a tv they look so real yeah. so lifelike it looks so good it's if i was yeah you, I mean, now I don't want to say we're spoiled, but we definitely. Right. Got well, used to. I mean, okay, we probably are a little bit spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think the the reason I, I even bring that up is because when I used to go to arcades, mm -hmm. R.I.P. Yeah. I, there were more arcades around, but um, well, thankfully, over, if you will, if once again, if you ever decide to come out to Southern California for a vacation, <laughs> hit me up because I got more. Yeah, we. I we got places to take you, dude. I got a lot of places I, I want to take you. I'm telling you, we, we, we do have, I live in Greenville, South mm -hmm. and we do have an area that um, it's like an old, like a mill type yeah. area where it's like brick and like, but they've converted into like ax throwing and like craft beer mm -hmm. and France pizza places. It's super cool. But we heard, we have word that there is a retro bar went up around there and that I cannot wait for. We, we need more places like that, but yeah. Um, when I used to go to arcades when I was a kid, that was where um, I'll give you a, a great example here. Mm -hmm. 
we had a, a, a Fuddruckers uh, by my house. And you know, some Fuddruckers would have like a couple of arcade machines. I've actually never been to one. I know, I know yeah, they so, exist. There's, there's one in yeah. close to my house. There's one in Ontario, California, but I mean, okay. because of COVID, I haven't been able to go. But, okay. But I've, I just, cause I know uh, Shakey's cause there's, we still have Shakey's here in California. They have arcades everywhere. Some pizza parlors still have arcades, which always make me. Yeah, happy. once in a while they'll have they'll have a couple. We actually the one we had they had two machines. Mm-hmm. And they were near where the restrooms were. Oh, when you walk back to the restaurant, they were just sitting there, and it was Street Fighter Two, mm-hmm. Simpsons Arcade. Oh, and I played the Simpsons Arcade game, and that still one of my favorite arcade beat em ups ever made. It, it is one of the best. It is one of the best beat em ups yeah. before. It was so much fun. Oh yeah, before um, COVID happened, um, because there's a local arcade or in Fullerton, there's mm-hmm. an arcade and it's also a used game store called Lost Levels. I always shout them out. So how's it going, Lost Levels? Um, they the first time because I played the Simpsons arcade game at like Chuck E. Cheese and there were, and other few places, but yeah, since they had um because the way they do it is like you pay like 10 bucks for three minutes or like five bucks for 30 minutes, 10 bucks for the whole day. Yeah, that's the way to and, do it. That's a good and all it. the arcade games are free play, so you can just keep hitting the credit button. Just like keep getting the hitting the button to get more credits, and yeah. the next thing you know, you can actually play through the whole game and beat it, which is something that we could never do when I was a kid. If you wanted to Simpsons Arcade, and keep in mind, I would. This is where you would go to, you know, somewhere and, and you give them five dollars or however many dollars you had and get quartered, and that would be what you had. So yeah. I remember one day I went to an arcade and I had five dollars, mm-hmm. and I to the guy who gave out the quarters. And this was at a beach. It was like a beach where a pier was. And there was this yeah. arcade that was literally like just near the dock. Mm-hmm. It was super cool. Like I miss it, but it was, it was like all kinds of old machines. Like they had Operation Wolf. They had Mortal Kombat 2. They had, you know, ski ball machines. They had Spy Hunter. They had just random stuff in there. But I remember going in there one day and I walked up to the guy and gave him $5. And, and he was like, well, how much do you want? And I was like, all of it. He goes, you're going to do a lot of gaming, huh? And at the time I was like, yeah, man, there's a lot of quarters, you know, but it really wasn't because when you played games that are designed to take your money, the Simpsons arcade machine was super guilty of that. Mm-hmm. If you eat that game with quarters, you were going to spend at least $20 yep. if, in quarters to try to beat that game. Um, but I remember playing it and I guess kind of where I'm correlating this is that I played that game as a kid, um, I was probably six, seven. I think I was around six years old when I played it. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking in my head, I didn't understand that I couldn't also play that at home on the NES. And we went to Blockbuster Video and they had uh, the Simpsons Bart, Bart versus the Space Mutants uh-huh. on the NES. And I rented it because I thought it was going to be similar to the one I played in Fuddruckers nope. on the arcade cabinet. And I got it home and I was like, this is not the same. And that game sucks. Like it really sucks. And I remember playing it and being so disappointed. And so I always knew from that point forward that the arcades, and it was true, mm-hmm. arcades had the top cream of the crop. Oh, right? yeah. Mixed sound when you played like Tekken, Virtua Fighter, whatever, all those games, you were getting the best version. Mortal Kombat, you know, the arcade version was crazy different from the home console releases so that's how it was but the dreamcast comes out and then all of a sudden you've got arcade quality at home yeah that was when that was when we knew when soul when you look at soul caliber you know 
when we grew up, we, that's, we really saw that jump. Mm -hmm. Like this is insane. Yeah. This is literally so different than what we're used to. And now you, you can kind of look at that time as when arcades started to die not long after that, because, you know, over the next decade or so, because yeah. those experiences were at home now. Yeah. You never, you didn't have like the, the top, the top tier stuff that was better than anything you could get at home anymore. Mm -hmm. I know? remember. So I don't know if you've watched um, a documentary because there's a few documentaries on Netflix called, there's one called a uh, high score. Which I have not watched yet. It's in my queue. I would highly recommend. It's a really, really. I've watched it uh, like twice and a half. I I love well. It's really good. I I really enjoy it. There's a few things I've kind of like, eh, but I still really enjoy it. It's really good sure. look into video game history. And mm -hmm. of course, the first episode they mentioned the game crash of 1983, and yep. they, I mean, oh, yes, yeah. they 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 talked. They they bring Howard Scott Warshaw in, and they talk about ET, but also yeah. they point the finger at no pun intended. For ET fans, they point the finger at the console release, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred version of Pac Man, because that was another thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Because when you mentioned about going to a Blockbuster, renting that uh, right. Central game, thinking, "Oh, this is just like the arcade," and you're like, "Wait, no, it's not." That it's was not. Like the biggest one for one difference. Whereas you have the beautiful, mm -hmm. crisp, clean lines of the cabinet, and then yeah. you got the—I don't want to call it a monstrosity. Because I have played it. There was a, I went to a video game convention a few years ago and they had a 2600 setup with the Pac-Man cart and I decided to play it and yikes. Yeah, that is not a good port of Pac-Man. Um, it's bad. But the Atari, I have a weird relationship. Like I have a weird opinion of Atari and it, of the 2600, 1500, all that because I was not of that time. I was, I was an NES kid. That's where yeah. I started. I was a Genesis SNES kid. So yeah, for me, yeah. Atari is was, like, what's that? The Atari, I I have tremendous respect for the Atari. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, me too. Uh, of what it did. And, and you know, there were other consoles that came out before that um, that were, you know, pretty primitive. But the Atari really made, aside from the crash, right, it really made the idea of having consoles with interchangeable carts, cartridges, whatever. Well, technically that was it. Technically, that was a fair town channel F, but Atari took that. That's idea. Right. They made it, they they popularized it. Yeah, yeah. Atari came I mean, a thing where people not to, were like, yeah. I, I apologize for uh, correcting you, but. Uh, oh, no. No, I don't mind. Because I'm glad that, because uh, now in our in our current global climate, or especially mm -hmm. our political climate, we're really trying to um, emulate uh, African American inventors and um, Jerry Lewis. Yep. What was Jerry his Lewis. Yeah, we posted about him actually because I, I had I. That's one of the things that when we had a Black History Month in February, mm -hmm. we wanted to find somebody to recognize, you know, from our sector, which was retro gaming, and so we mentioned him, um, and uh, on Twitter we did a post about him. And that guy mm -hmm. was super cool. And yeah, you're right. He was the one that if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have interchangeable yeah. parts. The only thing that Atari did um, is they made it mainstream. Yeah, they made it to where Every most people had an Atari. Well, not as much as people had the NES later, but a lot of homes had Ataris. They did. The only reason it crashed, or the main reason it crashed, is because they had two quality control wasn't a thing. No, it wasn't. People could just release games for it, and so it became oversaturated. And yeah. you know, you know the rest. But oh yeah, oh yeah, I love reading into. I, I'm a yeah. big amateur video game historian. I love reading yeah. into the crash. I love reading into the console wars of the '90s when we were growing oh, absolutely. up. Absolutely. But yeah, that was so, the best time. That was the best yeah, time. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I also have this I the exact same thing. I respect Atari. I absolutely 
I what they did for video games is awesome, but it kind it's of hard to play their games. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah, it's hard to play the games. I want to play adventure yeah. for the to try and get the. Yeah, it's the, cool. It, the problem, I guess, the issue, and I, I kind of, I had an Atari twenty six hundred that I years ago, and I ended up selling it. I think it's because I think about my collection and what I want to have, and it was before my time. And while I respect it, um, I don't enjoy playing the games enough to really want one. Um, and that was like where I kind of put a thing, kind of a, I, I'm not saying I won't have one later. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that grew up with Atari have already collected theirs and gotten their game collections. But if I'm going to sit down and play Atari, I'm going to sit down and play Atari for about five minutes. And then you're done. And then I'm done. And it's nothing against, obviously I, I appreciate it and respect it, but that is kind of a time where it's harder. And some people feel that way about the NES. Oh yeah. It's hard to go back and play some of those games because they are a little more primitive. I think like the SNES yeah, go back and play. That. Yeah, the, if you but. look at the graphics from the eight bit to the sixteen bit, it is it is leaps and bounds. But then when you look oh, yeah. at eight bit to the like the two bit of the Atari, it was insane. Like it was very very primitive, but super cool, and I do respect it. Uh, uh, there are there are two games, or there are three games actually for the twenty six hundred. That if I never own the console, I still mm-hmm. want to own the the game carts solely for historical reasons. Adventure, E.T., and Yara's Revenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adventure, because that's the first... I mean, I didn't know about the first Easter egg. I think I did, but yeah. when I, I read Ray Player One and then I watched the movie, and I was yeah, like... they talked oh, about they, it in that movie, right? Yeah, they, they do that, because that's where the main character finally finds the egg and the main prize. But right. I like how that's... Um, War Robinette's name is in the game. He snuck it in there, mm-hmm. and there you mm-hmm. go. First ever Easter egg. Super uh, cool. Yeah, Yars and E.T. solely because uh, Howard Scott Warshaw, he made one of his best games, Yars Revenge, and one of the worst games ever made. And even though people will crap on E.T., I I don't even think E.T.'s that bad. It got that title as the worst game ever made, but I've played worse. Yeah. (laughs) You Um, know? I think Pac-Man is worse because at least with E.T. you got something. Because I actually – because I did play E.T. I played for about – I want to say like 25 minutes at a retro gaming expo. Mm -hmm. And – at first, I was like, "Yeah, this is a really bad game" because I kept falling to the damn pits. Yeah, but there's not I, much to it. Yeah, but when I, <laughs> at least on ET, you know what you're doing, and it's it's, its own thing. Where yeah. if you look at Pac-Man, you are expecting what you see is definitely not what you get. Because if no. you're thinking, "Oh, Pac-Man, con- arcade game at my home," hell yeah, you get home, and you're like, "What the hell is this crap?" Yeah, at least NES pulled that off with Donkey Kong. You know, like yeah. when you played Donkey Kong, it was Donkey Kong. Yeah. You know? but- of course, that was like a more primitive thing, but even the mm-hmm. NES version of Pac-Man, still not the best version of Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. As much as, as cool as it was, it looked just right enough. Not the best. Yeah. Not my it favorite. Pretty, pretty poor. And and I do think, you know, again, um, that is it just it gives you an idea of how different things were back then and how mm-hmm. you know how vast the differences were between home console releases and yeah. what you would see in arcades. So, yeah, but, but you know what? You know what home console game has really not disappointed me ever, ever since I played it? This beauty, what? Pokemon. Pokemon. 25 years. <laughs> now, Sonic, so the Sonic anniversary, because I, I just turned 30 years old in November. Mm-hmm. I am okay. now 30. I'm turning 31 this November. And okay. to see Sonic the Hedgehog turning 30 years old this year is like, holy crap, I grew up with this character. And then looking mm-hmm. at Pokemon, which just had 
which has had their 25th anniversary, even though the games came out in 98 here in the States, mm-hmm. they were out in 96 in um, right. in Japan. Right. So seeing Pokemon turn 25, which is a series and a franchise that I went head first. It was like the first big fad. Being you were age, in the right age range for that. Oh, I was in elementary school. I remember yep. you were I, in, you were in that age range. No, I will always remember the day my parents brought home Pokemon. We mm-hmm. didn't ask for it. My brother and I didn't even know okay. this existed. All we wanted were Game Boys. And this was right before okay. the Game Boy Color came out, too. So I remember my mom mm-hmm. asking me if I wanted a Game Boy or a Game Boy, wait a longer or a Game Boy Color. I'm like, yeah. I was a very impatient kid. So I said, I want the Game Boy first. Yeah. We eventually got Game Boy Colors, but that was through a lot of begging. Yeah. So I so my brother and I, we had our Game Boys. He had Earthworm Jim. Mm-hmm. I had Godzilla as our games. And that <laughs> were the only games we had still happen to this day, too. Nice. And my my mom comes home. Mm-hmm. My dad my dad comes home. They call my brother and I into the living room and they yeah. say, All right, Ben, you're the oldest. You get to pick. We went to the store and we heard about this game that is two player, so you and your brother can play it. And okay. they pull out Pokemon red and blue. That's cool. That's I had cool. no idea what this was. Mm-hmm. No, no one, it was I was like. I just see a turtle with guns on its shoulders and a dragon. So I go with, I go with the dragon. I go with Charizard. Right. Yeah, I get it. Of course. And, my brother, and thankfully that was the, that was the right choice. Cause my brother, after, after we were talking, my brother said, cool. I actually wanted the, I think the turtle looks cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have blue. I don't have red. Yeah. Um, so got it like a year ago. So, yeah. and, and of course yeah. once we started playing it, we had no idea what to do. We, mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully read but we are also really young and impatient so we just like keep hitting the button and every time we go to the pokemart we just spend all our money on pokeballs right we did not know how to play pokemon but we talked to our friends at school they were yeah. they were like oh my god you got pokemon and then we found out about the tv show the mm-hmm. pokemon cards we fell head yeah. first i remember waking up early, back then. oh yeah i was fully into it and I will admit there have been times where I've fallen off the bandwagon and gotten back on the bandwagon. Sure. When I was in high school, when diamond came out, mm-hmm. uh, I, cause I got, um, I have my red version and then I got silver version. Silver's okay. my, silver is, if you can see that yeah, silver's my favorite. Absolutely okay. silver. That is the, in my opinion, that is the best Pokemon game ever made. No Pokemon game can hold a candle to silver gold. Okay. Silver, the best, but diamond was the game that got me back into Pokemon. Okay. Because I was in high school when it came out, and I remember because you know when you're in middle school, you're trying to be cool, and you're also starting to notice girls, or <laughs> right, yeah. Or you're you're trying to notice whoever, whatever person you like. So you're trying to priorities act. change a little bit. Yeah. Yes, they do. So, yeah. and when I was in high school, a bunch of my friends were playing Pokemon. They said it was really fun. So I thought, all right, I actually went out, and got it for my DS, and then I thought to myself on my drive home from GameStop, mm-hmm. I was thinking, all right, my brother's gonna see this. Because yeah. my brother, even though he was my younger brother growing up, he was more like the cool kid, and I was more the nerd and the dork. Gotcha. And I thought to myself, I was like, he's probably gonna give me crap. He's probably gonna get just like yelling. He's like, why'd you spend money on this game? You're not a kid anymore. So I was right. like, I was, I had this great argument lined up of how he should mind his own damn business and let me play what I want to play. <laughs> so yeah, a few hours later, I'm in my room. I'm playing the game. He comes in. He sees the the uh, the case and. I'm, I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah. His reaction was, and I shit you not, 
oh my god, dude, you got Pokemon? That's awesome. And then he's like, he rips it off my shelf. He's like, oh, I was hoping you were going to get Diamond. Yes. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm sitting there going, what? Like, I'm in the middle of picking my starter and I'm like flabbergasted. Like, right. What? What? I, I man, this is, it's, it's so funny because we, Jay and I have had these conversations a lot about, uh-huh. we've been talking a lot about Pokemon lately, but there's yeah. a reason. There's a reason that we have been. And we've mentioned this a little bit before. We've we've commented on um, we've had, you know, people that interact with us on Twitter and all, you know, mm-hmm. ask us about Pokemon and everything. And um, we were at that's why I mentioned your age. Yeah. Because we were literally, when Pokemon started to be a thing, mm-hmm. when it came out, we were at the wrong age. Yeah, you you yeah. were in what high middle school or high school already when Pokemon was coming out? I was in so let's see, it came out what ninety eight. Uh, officially now it launched ninety eight here in the states. Yeah, ninety eight. So I was in um, eighth grade. Okay, you were just about to, actually were, going. I was probably in ninth grade. Ninth grade. So you were in high school or about to go into high school. Yeah, that's definitely the wrong age to get into Pokemon. Yeah, I went to junior high, so I was in. Uh, I was seventh through ninth at junior high. And then high school from 10 to 12. Um, and I think I was in ninth grade when that when that game came out because I would have started in 98. So um, around that time. Okay. I remember going to a friend's house and he had a Nintendo Power because he still had a subscription at the time. Mm-hmm. And I saw he was like, Hey, have you heard about this Pokemon, Pokemon or whatever? And I looked at it, and I'll be honest with you, at my age, because I was like 14, I looked at it and I was like, <clears throat> Like I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I, this looks really childish. So no, I don't care. Let's play Turok. Yeah. You no, know? like that's the age we were at. We were at that age where the N64 was, you know, that's what we were playing or the PlayStation. And we were like, we wanted blood and guts and shooting and, and, and adult stuff. That's what we want. You want to do essentially. We wanted doom, you know, golden eye was out. Mm-hmm. We were golden eye. We didn't care about that stuff anymore. So it's like we got to that age and then years later um, and po- my, my younger sister like had Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. like to Pokemon cards. She didn't have the games, but she looked, she loved the cards because all of her friends had the cards. So they were collecting all that stuff. She still got like a huge collection of her original Pokemon cards from the first run somewhere. I don't think she cares about it anymore, but she's got it somewhere. Um, uh, my girlfriend, that, she, she still has her Pokemon cards. I unfortunately yeah. got rid of mine eons ago i keep yeah it's one of those things when one of those things i wish i can go back to when i was a little kid or to yeah. like and go back in time to young yeah. me and be like hey you see these things don't get rid of them no matter what mom and dad say hold on yeah yeah i mean that's it, it was it was so huge i mean like we um but i was still dismissive for mm-hmm. years i didn't because again i was at i was at that age yeah um you know i was i was more concerned about watching the matrix you know <laughs> Like that, yeah. like I was, I was, I was at that age, and so like when I got to college, still didn't really care about it that much. It wasn't until years later where I, I had some friends who are about your age mm-hmm. that I met. Um, I lived in in Seoul, oh. in for about three years. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I, I met some people from all over, you know. And I I had a couple friends who were a little younger, and my, my buddy of mine, Cody, uh, from he was from Texas, mm-hmm. and he was yeah. So he's probably about your age. He might be maybe a year older than you. Okay. But he was, 
you know, he's one of those guys like he, he'd walk in. I remember uh, we were talking about games and he walked in and he had a beer and he cracked the beer and he's like, so who's your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> I'm like, what? And, and he, he was at that age though, to where Pokemon was his shit. That's what he mm-hmm. And he was obsessed with it. And like Jay and I, again, we're, we talked about it. The only Pokemon game, Ben, that I ever played, uh-huh. rented Pokemon Snap. Well, we're covering for our next episode. So we are covering Pokemon Snap for the next episode. I've been playing it again. I rented it from Blockbuster when it came out. I remember the kiosk at Blockbuster where you could take your memory card and all that stuff. And that was the only Pokemon game I ever played. And I only the only reason I played it is because it was on N64. And I thought it was cool that you could take pictures. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved the game uh, quite a bit. I actually really enjoyed it. But I never played I never played a Pokemon game until maybe five years ago. You you played the spinoff, which I would argue yeah. that Pokemon Snap is a more popular spinoff than Pokemon it's cool. Stadium. It's, it's really it, cool. And you know, and Jay is actually enjoying it too. Like he had never he's never played a Pokemon game either. We have a plan. Our plan, and and what let, let me get your opinion on this, Ben, because mm-hmm. this is something we're gonna do. Uh-huh talk about how we want to do our episodes and as you mentioned with our show we cover usually one game at a time we do have ideas for we're going to do uh you know a series of games and things like that but all right you have an interesting idea with pokemon maybe it's not that interesting but i think it is uh of us have ever played the original pokemon games so my idea was is that both of us would play it but one of us would play red and one of us would play blue that's the way to do it and then come together and talk about our experiences as new Pokemon players. I Okay, right. so I think that is an amazing idea. Okay. My roommate, uh, so myself, my roommate, and my girlfriend, all three of us live together. We mm-hmm. have, or we still have our original copies. I have my red, he has a blue, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend has a yellow version. Okay, yes. So you don't necessarily need yellow because I th- yellow came out because that was like the – Yeah, that was – which is weird because like green came out in Japan. We never got that. Well, green was the ori- green was originally blue and then blue came out. Was it? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so it's, conf- it's confusing blue. as hell to me because I remember I was like there's blue and red, but isn't there a third Pokemon? Why, why didn't they do three? Yeah. Um, I think the reason why they anyway. – I, yeah. I think they came out with the Pikachu edition because I, I got Pokemon yellow. I, unfortunately – um, I funny enough, I was flying home from uh, I was flying home from a trip, mm-hmm. and I lost my yellow version, and I think it fell off the bag in the taxi. That sucks. And I couldn't because I brought my red version with me, but I also had my yellow. Yeah. And I just got in Charmander. I re-downloaded the game years later <laughs> on my uh, on my um, 3DS because you know it's five bucks. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm gonna get that. Yeah. But. Um, I, I feel like the Pikachu version really came out because of how popular the anime was here in the United Pikachu States. Pikachu was really famous at the time, like yeah. at least, yeah. but like he was starting to get super popular, so yeah. they capitalized on that for sure. And even the, the the Team Rocket sprites you fight in the game because you have like the grunts, the rocket grunts, but mm-hmm. then you go to a specific part in Mount Moon when you're going mm-hmm. to Sprint City, you actually fight Jesse and James. Yeah, you have to fight their Arbok, coughing and Meowth. Yep, and, and their sprites look exactly like they do in the anime. So it's like yeah, they totally were going for that. <laughs> and of course, you get, and not only do you have Pikachu as your starter, you get all three starters: Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. Yeah. in one go. It's like it's like the uh, it's like the uh, game of the year edition. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of is. Like, 
You know, it's essentially what it is. And I, I actually, I thought about it. We talked about it a lot. You know, we really have, and we are, we're doing Pokemon snap a, because uh, you know, the game, the new one's coming out really soon. And we kind of just go ahead and, and, you know, get that out there. Cause we're, we both have switches. He finally got a switch. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's interested in it as well. And uh, you know, we're going to be getting that game. So we're like, let's play the original. Um, he had never played it. So he's, I think he's enjoying himself. I'm looking forward to that conversation, but, um, but then we talked about it and we were like, if we're gonna, if we're going to finally play Pokemon, like really play Pokemon, we need to start from the beginning. Oh. We need to start from the first two releases of red and blue, mm-hmm. just play through them and then come together and see how we feel about them. Because I think if we had first started them maybe 10 or 15 years ago, we might not have cared as much. But now I feel like because of how much more we appreciate retro games now, I think we'll, I'm I'm optimistic that we're really going to have a good time playing those games because I have nothing but great things about them. Part of me really wants to also get in on this. Uh, I I don't want, as much as I, as much as (laughs) when I hear a bunch of people like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm like, how do I get in on this without like forcing myself in? Because I don't want to be that guy to like force myself into a conversation and force myself into something that's already established. But hearing you guys wanting to play through the original Pokemon mm-hmm. games, because that's what my roommate wants to do. He wants myself, yep. my girlfriend, and I to boot up our Game Boys and yep. just play through Pokemon and try to complete the National 151 decks. And that, yeah, that's kind of, I, mean, I don't know if we can do the whole deck, but I know we're going to try to play through completely as completely as we can, you or, know, in the time frame. Or maybe not at least pl- complete the 151, because apparently Mew yeah. is like, you there's like so many rumors on how to get Mew in original red and blue versions, yeah. but at least get through the point where you can cap go and get Mewtwo. Yeah. So, so I for me, because we had, the, my sister had the Pokemon, the first movie soundtrack. <laughs> I remember listening to that and uh, seeing Mewtwo on the cover. I was like, he looks kind of cool. Yeah. I, I was, I was kind of like, why does this Pokemon look so much cooler than all the other ones? Yeah. I remember, <laughs> like, like, you know, the other ones are so cute. No, and that movie, I remember looks like, you know, yeah, so no, I remember that movie came out the weekend of what I think my eleventh birthday. Oh, I, was, I was in high school. I, was, I think when the movie came out. I was I was in elementary school when we heard the Pokemon movie was coming out. My brother and I were like, we have to go. And then we see the date; yeah. it was November twelfth, and that was yeah. just before my birthday. So of course, and this is also during the big Burger King Pokemon thing. Okay. So of course. I told my parents what I want to do for my birthday, get my friends together. We go to Burger King because there's a Burger King right next to the movie theater. Yep. We have the birthday party at the Burger King, go <laughs> to the movie, and then we're done. That's great. That's actually, that sounds like a lot of fun. That's something you'd want to do as a kid for sure. Well, for me, it was awesome. I think for my yeah. parents, it was a living nightmare. <laughs> I bet it was. Because they had a bunch of these elementary school kids <laughs> with Pokemon toys, like so trying to have Pokemon a- song. Yeah. Like having like try to have like little Pokemon battles with the toys, and then they yeah. have to round us all up to go to the movie theater. They give us our Pokemon cards. We're like, oh I got Mewtwo. Oh yeah. I got this Pokemon card. Such a big I mean, like I, I remember I do remember like it, it kind of boggled my mind at the time, like how popular Pokemon was mm-hmm. at the you know, in, in the late nineties. Yeah. Um, and early 2000s, like I was like, this stuff really took off because I remember seeing, you know, we talked about it when it was in the Nintendo Power and I dismissed it. Yeah. And then it got huge and I was like, okay. And I didn't really even understand much about it, but I, I'm actually really excited to play it. And, and I'm, Jay is too. We, we both are really into RPGs or we grew mm-hmm. up 
lot of you know Final Fantasy uh-huh. games, and uh, you know those were were a big deal to us. And these are you know RPG ish games, so they're they're games that I think both of us are going to enjoy. Um, so I'm su- really looking forward to that. Um, when we're going to do it, I don't know. Hopefully within the next few months, but it just depends on timing because we're talking about doing Castlevania. Yeah, as well, but we're we're trying to figure that out. But Pokemon Snap is definitely next. Oh no, I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to your uh, Pokemon Snap episode because a few years. Yeah, ago, I hope you enjoy it. No, a few years ago, I bought the game for one of my friend, from one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and but we also my roommate at the time he had an N64, mm-hmm. and I told him, and he was like, "Hey, I don't have an N64 yet," but because he was like. He did like this eBay thing where he was like buying and selling consoles off of eBay and selling them. Okay. He was yeah. like, yeah, like this little, little business thing. He did a lot with Pokemon games. That was his thing, was doing that with Pokemon games. Okay. So he was waiting. So he was like, hey, I'm waiting for a Pikachu N64. And he was like, very like, I want to play Pokemon Snap on my Pikachu N64, but you hold on to us and you could play it. So yeah. we played it. We beat the game. It was myself or my other friends. She's like my sister and my girlfriend. The three yeah. of us took turns and we beat the game in about less than two hours, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we realized that, oh, I mean, as we were playing, it was like, oh, I remember all this, the nostalgia, like throwing the apple at Char- at Charmeleon so you can fall in the pit and he becomes Charmeleon. Yeah. Or, yeah. or getting that picture or hitting the egg and Moltres rising from the volcano yeah. or seeing all the. That game is how I learned who most Poke- who most of the original Pokemon were. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't like I said, I didn't care. And so I don't, I don't even know what compelled me aside from the fact that it was an N64 game mm-hmm. had the photography thing, which I thought was cool. And I think I'll tell you what, I think what happened is at the blockbuster, they had the game on the demo console, so oh. like Pokemon snap, you know, where you could walk up to the little bubble or oh, the yeah. on the bubble and you got the little CRT screen. I remember I was in there and just tried to play it. Like I, mm-hmm. I would do that. I didn't care what the game was. If there was a, a try it game out in a blockbuster or somewhere, I was going to play it. Mm-hmm. And I played it a little bit. It was like, this is fun. Something about this is fun. And so I rented the game. And um, that is where I, I like, I knew who Pikachu was and I knew like Squirtle and I knew Bulbasaur and Charmander. And that was like it. Mm-hmm. And those were like the ones that everybody knows. Right. So yeah. I that, but then I started to learn about the others and some that were super weird and you know just it that's how i even became introduced mm-hmm. to those characters so like i'm more familiar i really do like i have like my own weird affection for that original run of pokemon because yeah. they're so iconic now mm-hmm. um, and i've seen the newer generations and there's some that are pretty cool but like i don't know that original run do you feel that way i mean i ask you as a pokemon fan yeah do you feel like there is a a version or like a, whether it's a, a series because i know they usually do what two releases every time a game comes out for the most yeah, part they do, two, they do two releases and then uh once in a while they'll do a third one because it was for right one was pokemon red and blue and then, and and pikachu. then uh, pikachu yellow version came yeah. out but you still but the thing i love about that is that you still needed the other two games to complete the pokedex right so did so you have a, a time frame or, or was there a group of pokemon that you personally liked the best i know you said silver is your favorite but is there a, a group of them that were released in a particular game that you feel is most iconic to you? I mean, for me, the most iconic is the original 150 or the original okay. 150 because that was the like the I first feel like most people probably feel that way, right? I mean, yeah, um, especially I would say Pokemon fans who grew up like me, 
when we were introduced to it, it was, I was like, there's 151 of these monsters. And I remember people, because my brother, we had a poster with all 151 or with all 150. And yeah. We had, book we had all this pokemon paraphernalia at our house that three times we would try to quiz ourselves on how if we can name them all in order yeah it wasn't like who can beat the game who can complete the pokedex in the game it was can you name all 150 yeah and if you and then when uh the second when the new 100 came out and with gold and silver so as iconic as the original generation is i feel that that is the like the iconic one that's like that's Mm -hmm. that's a great place to start but yeah. the reason why I say silver, gold, silver, and crystal is the best one is because that that game does what a sequel should do, which is take what was great about the original, improve it upon it, and add it. So yeah. silver version to me, it is Pokemon perfected. No other Pokemon game has That's ever right. done this. Because I, I know you've never played silver, but one nope. of the bad things about it is, so in the original Pokemon game, you go to the Elite Four, you beat the Elite Four, you beat your rival, you go catch Mewtwo, mm-hmm. you're done. The only yeah. other thing left to do is find the rest of the Pokemon you can catch, find a friend, trade a bunch, and then boom, you have the national decks, your 150 Pokemon completed, you're done, you're good. In Silver, you beat the Elite Four, the original Kanto version is open. You don't have just eight gym leaders to fight. You now have 16. Okay. And, and the in the very last fight, the very end fight of the entire game is against the character you played as in red, blue, and yellow. That's cool. That is so it's trainer red on top of my I'm spoilers, I'm sorry, but no, you're good. I, I, I probably knew this and forgot. Yeah, it's trainer red on top of Mount Silver, and it is the most epic fight ever. But the That's fact awesome. that after I beat the Elite Four, because um mm-hmm. silver, not just for me, silver holds a special place in my heart because that was the game where I finally learned how to play Pokemon. Even though I was playing forever on my red version. I would pick yeah. Charmander. I would go to the first gym and get my ass handed to me because rock types are strong against fire types. And I was right. steamrolling everyone with my starter. Yeah. I wasn't building my other team. I, the concept of level grinding wasn't a thing for me. Yeah. The concept of levels and having your Pokemon stronger to fight other, and getting your levels up there and your stats up there, it was just a whole bunch of numbers. I didn't care. Right. I'm just like, Charmander, mm-hmm. go. Yeah, that's it, it's 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 still just super interesting for me to ask because I, I did see a video. I don't know if you've ever seen this YouTube video, but uh, I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I tend to do sometimes I do it on Wikipedia and I do it on YouTube. But yeah. um, there was a video years ago that I saw and I, I'm going to have to find the link and send it to you if you haven't seen it. But it's this guy and he's got three Game Boy Advance SPs open mm-hmm. and he's got a, 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 a Texas Instruments calculator. Oh no! And he's sitting there with it, and it, it literally the video. There was a longer video, but uh, someone edited it down to just right before this happens. And he's just he's got his hands, and he's just doing back and forth, walking in a certain spot in in a copy of each game on three SPs, and getting into battles, and just constantly mm-hmm. out. And he's logging this on his calculator. And then at one point, I didn't know what was going on. You understand? Like I didn't know Pokemon. I didn't know what was going on at the time Uh enough about it to understand what was happening, but apparently, and you'll know this, I'm sure. So when I tell you this, you'll be like, Oh yeah, that's why he got so excited. But you know how, when you start a battle and it kind of shifts in and you know, the Pokemon lines up or what, and you see what it is. It was a Ponyta Mm. this, but it was a shiny Ponyta. So he goes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So as soon as he sees it, 
and I'm not going to recreate this. I'm not going to do it because I'll lose my voice. But he starts screaming at the top of his lungs and going, there it is. There it is. There. And he keeps going and he's losing his shit. And just, and, and then he like, he hooks it in. He's like, oh my God. And he plugs it in and he's sitting there with it. And he's like, oh, and he's, you know, and he's looking through, you don't see his face, but he's plugging it in because he's freaking out and he's got to make sure that he catches this thing. Yeah, because if you knock it out, you're not going to catch it. Yeah, so he he he's losing his he's losing his mind, and he does successfully catch it, and then he's like, "Okay, I got to save it." And after he's when the chime comes up when he saves his game, he does like a cheer, and he starts. He's it's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. But he's like, "I just want to thank everybody for watching and you know for your support." And he shows like how many times. He had to go into these random encounters to get this shiny ponytail, and it was like tens of thousands, mm-hmm. 60, 70,000 or something. Oh, I can't God. remember. It was a lot. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't understand it, but now that I've learned more about Pokemon and understand that, right, I have more of an appreciation for it because I think, I think that's kind of cool that you have those elusive – Pokemon that you may not ever find or may not ever see, but maybe you do. And I like that idea that, you know, that's why a lot of people appreciate these games is that you yeah. have these, you know, this type's good against this type and this type and this type, but then you have these secret ones and special ones. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot there to love. And, you know, again, I don't, obviously I don't know enough to continue to, to say too much, but um I am looking forward to actually getting into it. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up going further in the series after that. Well, luckily in red and blue, as far as I know, you don't have to worry about shinies. Shinies are, okay. yeah, shinies are just, uh, they're just color differentiations. I don't know. Now, even as a Pokemon fan who grew up with the series, I didn't know about the existence of shinies until my friend told me about them in diamond and pearl. See that's yeah. There you go. That's but, cool. Though. Yeah. But funny you know? enough, they existed in gold and silver because there's, um, a certain spot in Silver Version called the Lake of Rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go up to this lake, and as you go across it, there's this red Gyarados in the middle of the lake that's actually, to progress the story, you have to fight it. And there's also a chance you could catch it. Okay. Um, I didn't understand. I just thought um, when Game Freak put this in, because like when you when you go, when you you go throw him out of your Pokeball or when he, you counter him in battle, the, the Pokemon lines go through, and then there's this, like, this little bling, like these stars go around him. And then, of course, you're playing on Game Boy Color, it's, it's red. It is yeah. a red Gyarados. And I thought, oh, that's cool because, you know, Gyarados is blue. Right. So when I finally caught it, I because there are times where I, I, the first time I played through Silver, I didn't catch. I just knocked it out and I was bummed. Yeah. But then I but then once you go through Legendary. Oh, yeah. Pro tip, when you fight a Legendary bird like Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, right before mm-hmm. you go up to it, save your game. <laughs> just, just save it go up try to get to as small as little sliver of health as you can and just chuck ultra balls at it Got just it. start chucking away keep healing your start keep healing whatever pokemon you have in there but just 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 keep chucking ultra balls at it because if it, you knock it out then you have to turn it off and turn it back on again okay even my strategy yeah, I'm, I'm gonna learn i'm gonna learn about all this it's gonna be even my strategy guide funny enough the strategy yeah. guide that both my brother had and i had when it says like when you get to the Seafoam Islands, it's near the it's close to the end game. It's it's right before Cinnabar Island, which is bad yeah. for Gym Seven. It says like this is where you can find the legendary Iceberg Articuno. 
it's he, it's not a random encounter. You see him just just as this bird looking thing just sitting there at the end of the dungeon. Yeah. You just just go up. You surf to the thing. Right yeah. when you get on the steps, save the game, and then yeah. go talk to it. And then then it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing like how we uh, how our first playthroughs go. Yeah, It'll be interesting for sure. And Ben, I'm probably gonna have to. Have yeah, to- I was. I was. Sorry, I know we get on. This is how these tangents go, but it's. Great. No, I was looking at the time myself. I'm like, I, I can. I'm. I just at first I thought I was like, oh, I gotta wrap this up, and then I thought, no, nah, I'm gonna keep going until he says no. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. I just probably gonna get dinner in a bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patrick. Once again, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this episode. Of course. Um, uh, where can people find you on, I know your podcast, uh, the retro blast podcast can be found on Amazon, Google play, Spotify, mm-hmm. your website, retroblastpodcast.com and Apple, but where else mm-hmm. can they find you and the show on the internet? Yeah. Um, we are very, as you know, probably we're very active on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we're, that's where people can interact with us. We do have a discord, but we don't, we're still kind of, we're not really act. We're, we're, we're there and we talk to people. We're not super active on it yet. We're kind of, we have it there for people to join us um, if they want to and be a part of that. And they can reach out to us if they want, but we're, we're getting to that point. We still, we have a very, our mentality uh, is very much, we're trying to make sure. uh, And and since we started this, we want to make sure that we don't put the cart before the horse in a lot of things. And so right now we're super focused on the show and super focused on, you know, getting all that stuff out there and then of course, interacting with people. So discord is something that we don't want to divert too much time to right now until we, you know, get there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but we are on Twitter a lot. So people can find us there at uh, retro blast us. Um, and we're also on, we are on Instagram, but that's the other thing we're building that, um, again, main focus has been on the show. So Twitter's your best bet. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to think if there's any other way to do it. Uh, we don't have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We do that at some point. Um, but I would say Twitter or Instagram. Okay. Yeah. I mean, truth, truth be told, I forget that I'm like part of a few Discord servers. I forget I'm even part of those. Yeah, I don't. And, you know, it's one of those things where if our community, if, if we get to a point where our community is like super chatty and wants to talk all the time, like I want to be able to provide that for people. And I want to hear, I want feedback and I want to talk about stuff. But mm-hmm. we're, we're, we'll get there. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, well, that's awesome. And of course, you can find me personally at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find the Fake Nerd Podcast, The Mother's Show, at mm. FakeNerdPodcast.com. You can listen to – now, this episode, for those of you watching on YouTube, will go up on YouTube and audio version as well. Mm. So you can watch Fake Nerd or listen to Fake Nerd Podcast here on YouTube. And also, you can listen to us on Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, so many awesome places. Uh, yep. We also have a website, FakeNerdPodcast.com. That's where links to our Patreon are. That's where links to our T Public are. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. I'm 99 <laughs> sure there's a link there, so we can you can go to uh, Crafted by Z. She makes our fa- she makes face masks with our logo on them. That's pretty cool. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, that is rad. Because you know we're still in pandemic, and even though I'm getting a shot soon, I still want to be safe. We gotta yep. be careful. I don't. I want this to be extra safe. safe. I, I want to go arcade soon because I went to arcade once. And I had to wear gloves, and it was fine. But I, I miss holding those buttons. I miss actually I feeling buttons. I know. We need the normalcy. Yep. And uh, let's see. Where else? If you can email us at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. Fake Nerd Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I already said my personal one. You can find this awesome guy on Twitter, just like he said 10 minutes ago. Now, <laughs> once again, thank you so much for joining me, Patrick. I can't open invitation. If you ever want to come back, just hit me up. We'll figure something out, dude. No problem, man. Sounds good. I appreciate you having me. I always appreciate the conversation. Of course. And for now, 
Let us unpause and get back to that rage fuel level in Hades.